Watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? She's in her 20s. She lives in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. You can save every day by shopping at Whole Foods Market. Seriously. Don't just go for the big sales. They have literally thousands of low-priced goods with their house brand. $3.65 by Whole Foods Market. While at happy prices, limited-time seasonal flavors, and... All the quality you expect, like no high fructose corn syrup or over 300 other ingredients banned from all the food they sell. There's so many ways to save at Whole Foods Market. Now you know. Tuesday, I am fading, and by Wednesday, I can't sleep. <laughs> then the phone rings, I hear you, and the darkness is a clear view, because you've come to rescue me. Yes. Fall with you, I fall so fast. All right. <laughs> I can hardly catch my breath. I hope it lasts. Oh, <laughs> it seems like I can finally rest my, my head, head on something real. I, I like the way that, that feels. feels. Oh, oh, it's if you know me better, better than I ever knew myself. I love how you can tell. Okay, all the pieces. All right, pieces, pieces of weed. Wow, all the pieces. Wow, pieces. Okay. Pieces of weed. Definitely thought you was going to say fleet, but. No, I wanted to say something pleasant. Okay. At least at the beginning. All right. Turn people well, off I already ruined it. Great. Um, Hey guys, welcome back to The Read. I'm Ashley Simpson. And I'm Simone Biles. Thank you for coming back for another episode. Yes, indeed. And we've got loads to share with you, starting with, of course, our black excellence. And this week I'm giving it to artist, visual um, pioneer, and sickening black woman, okay. Sierra Lid. So she has um, an initiative that's called Affirm It With Art, where basically she used to be a, a, an art teacher or is an art teacher. Oh, okay. And so basically she paints these really beautiful and colorful murals on bathroom stalls in schools across the country that basically uh, have like painted affirmations and imagery for things that can bring awareness to stuff like suicide, bully prevention, uh, mental health, self-love and all of those things. So like even on one of those photos here, first of all, I love that this like, colorful sort of 
90 sister act esque <laughs> sister act mm-hmm. um That's like great. style to some of these and it says like talent it says my mental health matters loved worthy <sighs> king i'm sure more things of that nature. So, oh, she also partnered with Taraji P. Henson's Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, which was the foundation on mental health that she uh, founded in honor of her father who passed away. Right. So you can go to uh, Sierra Lynn Collection, and that's spelled C-I-E-R-R-A-L-Y-N-N collection.com to support, to see the art. You can even request her to come and do paintings at your school. And I just thought that was really dope. Um, she said that uh, when she was teaching art in inner city schools, a lot of the time she would uh, notice that there was a decrease in self-esteem and an increase in bullying and suicide. Wow. And she wants to give the kids a place of solace at school in these bathrooms rather than just a place to skip class and be <laughs> So. Which is what I was doing senior year. Same. So, great. I had, you know, a bathroom and then there was like this, st- this is so terrible, whatever. There was this staircase that was like on the third floor of our building okay. at school. It was like this really tall winding staircase, but there was a, a tiny little like corner underneath the bottom of it. Mm. that was kind of cut off and unseen so i would go there during a class that i wanted to skip and i would just sit under the fucking staircase and like play my game boy or whatever the fuck just listen to music oh wow until the class is over so that's what you were doing that's very pure yeah i i'm sure i've talked about the time that i got suspended for skipping class like nine consecutive days oh my god um (laughs) okay that was one of the places i I did i did go to class most of the time i never got suspended i skipped like a week and a half how did you pass i didn't oh Right. I haven't got that part. Summer school, night school, the works. Um, Those were the dick-sucking staircases where I came from. Right. I'm sure that happened there as well. But everybody was like, bitch, you thought that you were going to skip school for two weeks? I don't know what you thought. And nobody How? Was... How? I didn't care. I just didn't want to go to class. <sighs> you really didn't care. It's not like I didn't think, like, oh, I'm sure I got them. They must think that I have yeah, the plague. No, but you something. knew, like, the... the the system had to right be calling your mama every day like give, no after that last day I think is when a teacher was like this nigga is not <laughs> he has like to he's either not on campus or he's <laughs> chilling somewhere else taking all three lunches yes I do lord okay well you know well this isn't about me being bad this is about a woman who's trying to help your kids feel safe and loved so shout out to you, Sierra Lynn, our Black Excellence of the Week. Hey, y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding a work-life balance can be tough, okay? If anybody knows, I know. But Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. If you don't know, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to your time, all in one place. With the new guided design Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website that's optimized for every device and make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, and in certain countries, you can give customers the chance to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. 
And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. Y'all know I love Squarespace. I used it to put our website together. This is 3.com. I've also used it on my personal website, crystal.com. And that is because, first of all, it's very easy to use if you ever need to update it. It's simple to log in, make whatever updates you can make or whatever you need to do without knowing any code or anything like that. And it helps me to just stay organized, do everything I need to do. Because you got to have a web presence, okay? It's 2024. You got to have a web pre- web presence. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash three to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Let them know if you're in Crystal sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, y'all, ever notice how your relationship with your wireless carrier can have the same yada yada as a bad romantic relationship? Of course you do. We're about to get into all of the reasons that that happens when these listener letters get here. Like you're treated to something special at the beginning with exciting gifts and offers and, you know, imagery of what a perfect partner could look like. Then you get ignored and overlooked, ghosted, if you will. Well, if this sounds like your wireless carrier, it might be time to put an end to that. Now at Metro, existing customers get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex, more than just free 5G phones when you join. Get the same great deals as new customers on select devices like Samsung, Motorola, and Revel when you stay 12 months and trade in a phone. It's the first of many initiatives Metro is making to ensure all of their customers feel valued, unlike that person who's left you on red. Stop by your neighborhood Metro store, bring your number and ID, and sign up for an eligible Metroflex plan. Let's move on. This week in our pop culture segment, which is called Hot Tops, The Prince and the Poppers. You either get it or you don't. I get Popper, a poor... Oh, God damn it. And we're moving on. <laughs> so... God damn it! What is it with gay? Is does it make it easier to do booty sex? That's what I've heard. Why is everybody? I'm not like into the sniffy anything, and I don't. I can't do it. I can't do those Mm -mm. things. Poppers is a common term for a range of chemical psychoactive drugs. Okay. Mm, inhalants oh Why no you, girl. like you have to like you're here unpacking the damn joke so listen Woo! we talked last week about how i wanted to fight because somebody called trina a nigger in walmart right 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 in cooper city florida that wherever that happen. is the rich place i guess um so uh trina spoke with truth maybe zero and they asked her what is that man's name over there at, T- at tmz Harvey Levin? Yes. Okay. So he was just asking her, like, I can't even remember the specific questions, but they were so, like... Stupid. Not just dumb, but it was, like, kind of oblivious or distant. I don't know. Like, at one point he asked her, um, do you think that this may have anything to do with the current climate in America and like what's going on with the president or something like that. And I'll get to that. But essentially mm-hmm. she explained that no, she didn't bump into this lady at Walmart. Rather what happened is that she was shopping. This lady nearby was also shopping in the kids section and she was crying her eyes out when Trina asked her if she was okay. The lady turned and looking real 
crazy and evil. She said demonic. The lady said, get away from me, you nigger bitch. So she did say she nigger bitch. She called her a nigger bitch. Right. Ooh wee. And so Trina says then she sort of turned and like walked off. <laughs> and But other people in the Walmart heard it. So I'm guessing this lady like hollered it. So they asked her like, are you good or whatever? And Trina was like, you know, you know what? what? I'm moving. I'm not. I'm moving it on. I can't even <laughs> believe whatever. When they got towards the front, I believe she said, at some point in the store when they were wrapping up, I guess, mm-hmm. they she saw the lady again. And Trina said the, her, the friend that was with her went to the woman and said that you owe my friend an apology. Oh, Lord. And that is when the lady was acting like completely oblivious. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Da, 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 da. Cut to what we saw. Okay. Which is kind of like, you know, when you're fed up, you're fed up. When you're tired, you're tired. <laughs> and I don't blame her. The fact that she tried to extend a little bit of grace and sympathize with this fucking devil-ass Miss Ann crying in the fucking Walmart. Like, bitch, you crying in Walmart. Clearly something is wrong. Miss Ann. And for you to turn around and call me a nigger bitch? Oh, uh-uh. That you... bitch must have been having the worst day of her fucking life. <laughs> Had it to be It could have gotten far worse because honestly it could have if you didn't happen to say that to Trina and I'm certain you didn't know that was Trina absolutely didn't if you hadn't have said that to Trina or if you had said that to like 1990s Trina Mm -hmm. it would have been a different situation because in my personal opinion I could see Trina being like I know that if I beat the brakes off of this white bitch then I have to go to court and I gotta give her some money and all this other shit running walk off but then I fully understand I fully understand bumping into this person again and them just continuing it and then being like, you know what? You're not going to add the insult to the injury. Right. When Harvey asked her that question about um, does she feel like Trump and the current climate of America has anything to do with white people getting ballsy or whatnot, this is what Trina said. <laughs> Hold on. God, I hope you can hear that. Okay. I'm probably, I, I don't know, but I'm going to tell you this. This is not the 1800s. This is not the slavery days. There's no slaves here. Well, I'm gonna say 2020, you will get your ass whooped. So stop trying it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! In 2020, you will get your ass whooped. Put that on a fucking t shirt. my queen I really do love her. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, on a grander scale, though, there damn sure is. A resurgence of brave whites. It remember it reminds me of this line from the game <laughs> when it was good, mm. where Tasha, Wendy Raquel Robinson's character, her name was Tasha, right? Yeah, Tasha. Mm. She went on a date, I think, with her boyfriend at the time, and they were at the movies, and so white lady behind them kept shushing them. Oh lord! And she turned back and gave the white lady like a stank face, and the lady gave her one right back. <laughs> And, and Tasha Rano was like, I guess they really ain't afraid of us no more. Oh. And I was like, That's it. Like, white people just feel so, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They emboldened. just feel emboldened is exactly the word I was looking Great. for. And protected behind, you know, their comfortable, mm. racist, misogynistic, yeah. gross, cheese puff looking individual damn not even regular cheese um you know the cheese balls yeah you just topped the whole glass off. i did i did a do tall that glass. it's been a very long day for me i've been up since 6 a.m so you know mama needs her medicine but 
Um, yeah, this white woman tried the right bitch. Because had she tried somebody who didn't have nothing to lose, that would have went a whole different way. And there's tons of them in South so, Florida. You know, Kathy, you just thank God you picked the right nigga bitch that day. If there's a group of black women that are tired and will beat your fucking ass, I can promise you there is a congregation of them in South yes. Florida. And Trina, if you need some bitches who really don't have nothing to lose and will fight on your behalf, I actually feel like you already have this Definitely. group of people. But if you need somebody else, just let me know. But even then, it's it's like if her friend would have just beat the bitch ass, you know what I'm saying? Right. In the Walmart, it still would have been on TMZ, right? And it would have been a whole thing. And then they're gonna sue Trina anyway, and the friend. It's mm-hmm. just you can't. It's like when Cardi and them had that nigga's ass beat, and he sued. It's like, yeah, <laughs> even though we didn't touch you, yeah. you're still coming after us, okay? And fully like pushed it to the point yeah, you where deserved it. Any other person would put beat hands your ass you. exactly, but because I'm famous, I can't. Fuck that. Um. Monique is suing Netflix. Boy, how did we not see this coming? Um, Because I expected it to happen sooner. (laughs) That is true. And I really wish that this would have just been it. You know, I wish that she would have been like, okay, girls, so here's my lawsuit. And maybe done two little cute interviews and been like, here's why. Mm -hmm. Done. Um, So I don't think that I read a specific amount but I did see a 39-page complaint um, where Monique is suing Netflix over the story that we covered not too long ago, was it last year or whatever, very recently, um, where Monique was talking about <laughs> it how, all runs together, right? Like it God, really years just almost blur a, together. A new decade starts in a couple weeks, so. We know Monique was offered a little over $500,000 for her stand-up special, and she felt like, compared to the white women and black men that have had multi, multi, multi-million dollar offers for specials right. on Netflix, that she was completely low-balled, and it wasn't fair, and she went on this whole crusade about it, and many people dragged her for it. Loads of people agreed with her. It was, you know, like... Like another day on the internet. Like another day on the internet, exactly. So here we are now in November 2019, and she's suing for racial and gender discrimination. Yes, both of them. Um, Netflix says... Oh, girls. They told the Hollywood Reporter... Oh, girls. (laughs) Last Thursday, I believe. We care deeply about inclusion, equity, and diversity and take any accusations of discrimination very seriously. We believe our opening offer to Monique was fair, which is why we'll be fighting this lawsuit. I bet y'all will. And I bet you did think it was fair, but honey, it wasn't. And that's exactly the black-ass motherfucking point. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The point is that she thought that that was fair. When you're paying people like... 50 million dollars you know what i mean like people and granted you know you can say whatever you want about who is worth more and things of that nature popularity and shit if you're gonna give ellen 20 cool million if you're gonna give ellen who makes jokes about light bulbs no shade but light bulb packaging that is ellen seinfeld a hundred million. You know what I mean? $500,000 for an Academy Award winning comedian that has been in the game for fucking ever was referred to as a queen of comedy, one of the queens of comedy. Yep. I just, it's it's an incredible low ball in my opinion. I still think it's unfair. And I've had lots of agrees and disagreements with things that uh, Monique has said these past this two years or however long. And... 
uh, things I feel like she could have done differently. But one thing I've always agreed on and will remain agreeing on is that she is worth more than $500,000. If you are cashing out like this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if everybody, if, if, if Jerry Seinfeld's getting a hundred million, Amy Schumer or whoever the fuck is getting 10, 15, multi millions, anything over a million, honestly, then to tell Monique that she's only worth half a million, which I know to the average person, half a million is like, life-changing money i fully get that right but monique has been in the game for over 20 years and it just to me seems like another another point in time where black women's contributions are undervalued where black women's impact on the culture or on the medium or on the industry are treated like they're less than anybody else's because I don't think there's a black person in America who don't know who Monique is or who can't name some of the older shit she's done who can't say that you know I laughed at this or I used to love this or the Parker's that or whatever the fuck that time she did that prison special was everything right Monique is fucking good she's fucking good at what she does so i will be interested i have a feeling this will be settled out of court but i kind of hope it's not just so we can see how it plays out because i would really like to see how netflix defends giving white people and black men more money than monique especially when you take into the take into consideration um like they mentioned in the complaint, Amy Schumer actually went back to them and was like, well, you pay the guys this much money, you pay the guys this much money, so I want more. And they gave it to her. Uh, which well, was you know another part of it. So and like, Amy Schumer don't even write her own jokes. So why should I... Nah, fuck out of here. Why can't I fight for mine Mm-mm. as well? So, I mean, in terms of this, I kind of feel like Netflix is going to fight for it, and I, I would oh, like, they to, definitely like are. to see it. Oh, they definitely are for but the fight. I don't think... That I would be surprised if she gets any money out of this. Personally, I would. But then again, it really is about proving the discrimination of yeah. gender and race and things like that. So if they can work that out or whatever, maybe something will happen. But to me, this is more... I, I This is a principal thing. I don't even feel like Monique... I, I don't know. But I'd like to think that Monique doesn't even really expect much out of this as much as she's just making a point, making a point. Yeah, I think so. For people that come after her. But whatever. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And the whole thing is just really messy and sad overall, really. But, you know, most judges and juries, I don't even know if it'll be in front of a jury. But, you know, most of the people involved in the legal system are white as well. So not holding out a whole lot of hope for fairness here. It's like... Just not. I know how this shit goes, man. I know how this shit goes. Um, Omarion has finally spoken out on his feelings <sighs> towards former bandmate Little Fizz. Okay. And his... New sexual relationship. Oh, no. <laughs> with Omarion's children's mother, April Jones. That's right. He is still fucking that girl. And I think they on Love and Hip Hop right now lying about it, actually. If well, I don't I... think they're lying about it no more. I think they're just currently out as a couple. Oh, are they? Yeah. I haven't watched the Love and Hip Hop that they're on, yeah, so no, I don't that, know. I mean, there's nothing okay. to see. You know, I heard that the same is true about Housewives of Atlanta. Is it boring this season? Have you been watching? Two episodes, three episodes in. 
Yeah. You know how niggas are. It don't take but one and a half episodes or maybe just half an episode for niggas to be like, this is garbage. But I've seen a lot of get these hoes off. Where is Married to Medicine? Bring back Potomac, et cetera, et cetera. So, girl, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. First of all, it's a reality show. It's not glory. Like, who, <laughs> like, like, who even gives a fuck? Just yes, don't watch glory. it. <laughs> Just don't watch it. You know what? I might catch up over this. Brothel actually does have... I mean, Married to Medicine is great. Um, Yeah. uh, Potomac. Man. (laughs) Talk about a phoenix rising. There's a lot going on in Potomac. And yes, at first I was like, I don't know how y'all gonna sell these light-skinned bougie bitches to us. But somehow them hoes came through with the mess and the drama. Had a headline of two of them black girls fighting, and yes. one of them I think got arrested mm-hmm. like a day after yes. the damn reunion. That's like right. they already been taping, and you make a headlines, girl. Your shit just ended yesterday. They were coming you know hard we for the peaches, keeping shit fresh. <laughs> what do Potomac even have for their? It's not peaches. What is it? Oh, I don't know. What would Maryland even have? Little ships, little little Mayflowers. What would Maryland have? Uh, chicken box. Okay. <laughs> They do be selling chicken boxes. So Them good. two pieces of chicken with ketchup. So good. <laughs> and some so fries. Good. So good. I will, the first time I ever went to Baltimore in my life was Man. some of the best chicken I had ever experienced. Shout out to Baltimore. Shout out it to New Orleans. It is good. Yeah. For your, uh, shout out to like all of Texas. For New your Orleans, I love you forever. Chicken contribution. Texas, you know, you you my second home. Woo! In Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, the Potomac Does girls don't hold anything well. out. They just wait. What is it? I don't know if the, anybody holds things. I have a, yeah. Oh no, this is just champagne glasses. The girls hold out their hands, and peaches are in them, right? I just watched it yesterday. And, and Housewives still of can't Atlanta. Remember if they do that? Child, not that I googled Real Housewives of Maryland. Get me out of here. But yeah, it hasn't really been <laughs> crazy yet. It's very early. I think Nene just came back to the show and of course it's like yeah me and Cynthia and Cynthia's desperate and her wig is desperate I think Kenya's man is embarrassing her currently on this season that's what my Twitter timeline oh, was telling me oh I did me. hear something yeah about that their about baby her, is beautiful she is true She's what's her name Brooklyn? Brooklyn listen Kenya it is more than okay to just use a nigga for his baby batter have your child and go but that isn't you we know, weren't even talking about Housewives of Atlanta. We I'm sorry. We I got so derailed. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So when asked about um, how he feels with Fizz and April being together and whatnot, Amaran said, I don't feel no ways. I don't feel any way about it. If they're happy, then they should be happy. I think they should change the narrative, though, because if it's their so-called happiness, then I shouldn't be a part of it. That's true. So I agree. Look at Omarion being very fucking mature. That nigga literally said, I don't give a fuck. Just, you don't need to talk about me on that show. I know I'm that's about no my more. baby mama, but I literally just look at her as a vessel for my children. Just. I deposited my DNA into that so I could have my kids and now I'm done. Well, I don't think that. Um, <laughs> you might just be talking about Kenya and her husband again. I don't know if he really, but I, I don't think he really cares. No, he really does not care yeah. about this because he doesn't, he's not in love with that woman anymore. He probably doesn't really care to have anything to do with her outside of co-parenting their children. He even said that he, um, he looks at her as the mother of his kids first and what mm-hmm. affects her affects his kids. So he basically is like, I'm not about Which to sit up here and drag her, but essentially he just don't want to be a part of the, 
Mona Me Entertainment mm-hmm. story arc of whatever all this stuff is and go for it if you happen. Which has me saying, well, April, what the fuck is wrong with you? The fact that Omarion is like, look, you know, I got two kids by this lady. She's his ex-wife, I guess. Or were they married? I don't think they were married. Okay. She's his ex, baby mama and all this. And he's like, you know what? End of the day, that's my kids, mama. I don't want to bring no strife or stress into her life. Meanwhile, April is gallivanting and flung her pussy all over the internet the and the television. That like, <laughs> that like when you're on the internet talking about who has better dick between them or better Child, sex between them. Like, girl, cut the shit. And you talk about all these niggas that allegedly wanted to fuck you to like not you know I talked about that one time when she was at home with her stud friend and she was talking about how everybody <laughs> that white girl <laughs> no it, well I don't know I think that girl oh no I'm thinking of Monique or light skin Monice I'm thinking oh, yeah, Monice's no, not white Monice's, friend okay um, all right, all right. ex-girlfriend or whatever you're right you're right so about that girl that was on um, Instagram live with April that one time and she was like, y'all think everybody, I'm fucking everybody and da 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 and all this other stuff. And she was basically mm-hmm. drunk and mocking people that talk about her being a hoe. Um, okay, it's like, so that is the stuff that we don't really need and honestly, don't nobody care about y'all being in a relationship like that. The only reason it's being discussed this much is because it's a storyline right. on your show. So exactly. y'all literally discuss it every week, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. On Sorry to those kids. <laughs> there is indeed an icebox where his heart used to be, and we are all moving forward. I can't believe Omarion is the one coming out of this looking good. Mega and Amei. I, I can. What did they name these children? One's name is Omega. Mega. It's just Mega. Oh, yeah. I guess it's just Mega. Mega Omari. Granberry is the blackest name. Yeah, that's his name. I love the last name Granberry. There are some last names that I feel like only black people have, and that's one of them. That nigga rode horses. Whoever Granberry was. <laughs> Don't do this. You know I'm from Oklahoma. We are born on horses. That is a horse riding ass name. Let me tell you something. There's a town called Spencer, Oklahoma. It is mostly, if not all, black. White people may have snuck in. Thank God. And when I tell you, it is right outside Oklahoma City. Probably no more than 10 minutes outside Oklahoma City. And when I tell you niggas fully ride horses around on the street in Spencer, Oklahoma, the rodeo is the number one attraction. I have been many times. It's lit. But it is like the country is shit with black people mixed in. Like, I feel like y'all are not used to black cowboys and black country shit. But when you talk about horses, I'm like, nigga, we literally come from horses. People be putting their four-year-old, five-year-old kids up on a horse like, little nigga gonna learn today. You gonna learn. That is insane. That is the way of life. What do y'all do in Miami? Firecrackers? What do y'all do? What, what is in Miami? What do y'all kids do that's dangerous in Miami? What Be do we do that's dangerous people? in Miami? Yeah, what Live do y'all do? <laughs> I'm not talking about like some big coke bust. I don't no. know. <laughs> I mean, just the the racism alone. How do you pronounce this other child's name? I may. Oh, I don't know. Okay. You don't know the That one's the girl, right? The younger one is the girl. If there's a girl and a boy, then yes. But they really look like twins. I mean, I don't know what they look like now. I haven't seen photos of them in a while. Um, But from what I remember, they look like Omarion and they both look like twins. Even though I think one is a year or two older than the other. So Omarion's child and Janae Aiko's child are cousins? Yes, because um, Janae's baby father is Omarion's brother. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. What was his name again? Orion. Orion. Yeah. Bitch, if my brother's name was Omarion and I'm Orion, I'm having a fucking riot. (laughs) (laughs) 
Bitch, don't you dare name me Orion like that's a name. I like Orion better than Omarion. Hell no. I better be Omarion, nigga. You better not ever in your fucking life put an O apostrophe in front of Ryan and I'm act good. like that's my name. No, bitch. Omari is great. Actually, that's his name. His name's not Omarion. His name is actually Omari. I remember oh, okay. from like my B2K Stand days. <laughs> remember when you used to stand Nikki? <laughs> This bitch just threw her head all the way back to laugh. Like, literally, a right angle is her body. Wow. You used to stand, Nikki Nika. Could nobody did, tell you nothing? I regret nothing. Nor should you. you know <laughs> Nor should you, friend. Mama had a strange she, face. She did. Which left me behind. <laughs> but and that's I'm fine. okay with that. But that's fine. But you know, Nikki's still solid as an artist. I see talent. Okay. You do. I and do. you you'd see it and you feel it. All those things. Lizzo is being sued. God damn. By this postmates girl. Oh Tiffany. god. <laughs> So in September, you guys might remember Lizzo had tweeted um, the following. Hey, Postmates, she at them. This girl, Tiffany W., stole my food. She lucky I don't fight no more. I do and, remember that. Uh, also shared a photo of the delivery person, like a screenshot from the other. Mm-hmm. Um, she later deleted the tweet and apologized, saying that she understand I have. She said, "I understand I have a large following, and that there were so many variables that could have put her in danger. I'm gonna be more responsible with my use of social media and check my petty and my pride at the door." Well, Miss Tiffany, um, who told Tiff, who told TMZ when it happened that she was afraid to leave her home, she was afraid to go to work. That's a little extra Would hurt her and things of that nature. So now she's suing Lizzo for libel, intentional infliction of emotional distress and false light invasion of privacy. Mm. Now this one I could see a um a settlement happening. Yeah, from. me too. Because she included the photo. Yeah, because she included the photo. Yeah. And like the thing about this this is another like you're famous you can't do what a normal person might do. And you were born in not situations. famous. So, you know, you used to be able. I can't tell you how many niggas take screenshots of their Postmates deliver driver and put that shit on the Internet. But when you are Lizzo and you got however many people following you, then it's something else. It's like that's definitely something I've wanted to do before. Oh, absolutely. You know, so this I, nigga right here. That's the one officer. <laughs> he took my things because not only what motherfuckers really and for clarity the girl tiffany says that she went to deliver the food to the hotel lizzo's thing and she didn't have a room number and when she was calling to contact lizzo she didn't get anybody Mm -hmm. typically in those uh situations postmates or grubhub or uber eats or whoever you're with will just tell the people to leave Mm-hmm, so that's what apparently happened um and now homegirl wants her money of course because everybody knows that lizzo's cash and checks that's right um so yeah it sucks because girl like I'm sorry. i understand being pissed and hungry yep. like i'm annoyed i do because i didn't get the food that i paid for and i'm hungry so now i have to <laughs> find another way to get some food yeah and wait longer to eat Mm-hmm. because I didn't get it. I've had the but, same thing happen to me where the driver was allegedly pulling up and then all of a sudden just never came upstairs. My nigga, I had, I, I stay like, on the west side. How dare you? 
And someone came, the the place I ordered from, I guess, was more east. And this motherfucker came from all the way on the east side driving. And then right on, like, my corner avenue, busted a right, and was going all the way up north. Uh. And I'm like, why did they turn left? They Maybe they got confused or whatever. And so I waited, thinking they were going to turn around. Oh, no, you thought. Mama was in the heights. <laughs> I called... Uh, I called their phone number, didn't pick up. Mm-hmm. So then I hit uh, Postmates, and the girls are like, okay, we're going to contact them, and da 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 Contact them, hit me back. So they're not answering the phone. Do you want us to, like, do you want to try again, or do you want to just refund? I was Whoa. like, girl, I want my food. If I, either way, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to wait. Yeah. Probably around the same amount of time to eat. Yeah. So let me just get the thing that I wanted to eat. Hit them up again. No answer. I said, this nigga just clocked out. He so did. He just, she did. They so did. you know what I'm they tired of doing? It. Yep. Working. And you know what I would rather do? <laughs> Eat. So, I will, and in fact, take these spare ribs. I don't know what the fuck Oh, what did this bitch order? Oh, I'm taking this home. So. Oh, yeah. The kids can eat on that. Uh, Lizzo I was had, sick, but uh, I understood. I understood Lizzo 100% when she did totally that. Totally did. I really did. <laughs> I mean, I would want to do the same thing. I would want to be like, this is the nigga who marked my delivery as completed, but went home to Harlem with my food. This is the nigga, sir. I would love to do that to somebody. But the harsh reality is that he can't do everything that you uh, used to do no. or that a quote normal person would do and I mean that's an exchange for millions of dollars so that's true yeah I feel that like that means yeah. I can't post somebody picture on the internet because Tiffany's you know, probably gonna get a little check from this I don't yeah. know how much because I don't know how much hardship she can really demonstrate I don't think girl please I don't think people who didn't already know her right people who didn't already know Tiffany were not calling her out for this I would be extremely shocked if that was the case I think this was just people saw that tweet saw the screenshot was like bitch that's Tiffany I went to high school with right she was like oh I can't even go on Facebook no more probably DMing her laughing and whatever the fuck (laughs) like girl what nobody for the pull up pull up on you at Ross or fucking I'm suing niggas fuck that (laughs) like girl what but yeah Oh, you live and you learn. God bless sis. You do. Chick-fil-A is apparently no longer donating to two different uh, organizations that are known for opposing um, LGBTQ rights and gay marriage, Mm. things of that nature. Allegedly. Allegedly. Right. So a spokeswoman for uh, Chick-fil-A said that of the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, mm-hmm. that their oblig- they had a multi-year commitment. And the obligations for those commitments ended in 2018. So now they're working towards um, focus on organizations, initiatives that focus on education, homelessness, and hunger. Um, this feels like hot air and a little bit of smoke mm-hmm. that is um, desperately seeking out my ass. But um, <laughs> I, I have nothing for this because this is two organizations that you're no longer donating to or working alongside or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as one person pointed out, I think it was somebody from GLAD. It's like, what about 
focus on the family. Like you need to be. Yeah, fuck, fuck, focus on the family as well. <laughs> niggas are awful. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> I heard all them tapes growing up. Um, the chicken is good. You know where they stand as a company. To you me, do. this just read that somebody either died, retired, or just don't work there no more. Somehow, it's somebody <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, cool. I People mean, we're going to eat Chick-fil-A regardless, including gays. So they just said like maybe 30 minutes ago that they are going to keep their options open and they will continue to evaluate their donations on a yearly basis. Just they're not just because they're not donating to uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which was a group in my high school. I don't know if it was a group in yours, oh, but that was a so. full social club in my high school and it was popping. Christian Athletes? Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yes. It was like everybody was like, oh, I'm a Christian. I got to join this club. All the athletes was in fellowship. So Christian all of athletes. the people who like played on sports teams in the school who were Christian. Which is everybody. Which was right. Mm-hmm. So then they were also in the fellowship of Christian athletes. Yes, yeah, they were. So <laughs> fellowship of Christian athletes and Salvation Army may not be getting money next year. What but are God's thoughts on athletics? Whose? God. God's thoughts what is on the, sports. What does the word say about God sports? says stop bothering him on Sunday because he do not give one hot nut fuck about your team and whatever it is they going through. Mm-hmm. And that probably extends to, you know, all seven days of the week. God do not care about your football team, no, do, nor do he care about your soccer, baseball, um, tennis, whoever the fuck snowing sledding all them shit swimming he don't give a fuck about none of that but yeah so they're gonna keep it open so you know just because they're not giving to no money to these homophobic people right now don't mean they're not ever gonna do it right which i mean chick-fil-a still itself even if they're not donating money to anti-queer organizations they still are themselves anti-LGBT. So, like... Hello. There's nothing to celebrate here. Did y'all niggas really think you could go out and buy that chicken guilt-free now? No, bitch, you cannot. This just reeks of, like... <laughs> so, now that that deal is done... Now that that's over... throw out a statement in the press... Right. ...that'll probably get some of the angry gays foolishly to think we're no longer homophobic... No, we definitely are. ...and come by a couple of the original chicken sandwiches. Bitch, do you know if you Google Chick-fil-A, I found this out today. If you Google Chick-fil-A on their website next to their name on Google, it says Chick-fil-A colon home of the original chicken sandwich. Has it always said that? Or is that a Popeye's thing? Because I've never seen that before. So I think it has already said that, but or it has always said that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they changed it. Because after the Popeye sandwich came out and niggas was going crazy for it online, Chick-fil-A started doing like social media engagement and all this sort of thing where it was like, oh, come check out the original chicken between buns and whatever else. Right. And it's like, girl, we been going to Chick-fil-A. But these niggas at Popeye's done did something else and it's available on Sundays. So top that. And they was like, bitch, we have nothing. They even sent out an email blast talking about, you know, oh, National Sandwich Day is coming or whatever. And then they were like an hour later, they were like, oh, yeah, we just realized National Sandwich Day is on a Sunday. So our bad. (laughs) You're not coming to Chick-fil-A on Uh, National Sandwich Day. (laughs) I was like, yo, you bitches, nobody check the calendar. Nobody fire somebody. Nobody check the calendar and said, hey, girl, we really ought not promote National because of course Popeyes was online all day Sunday talking about come get one we got them fresh sandwiches over here our shit is open 
Like, oh no. That oh no, ladies. A travesty. <laughs> you know, I don't Because what we were where were we? Were we in LA? We were going know. to the airport, what? I think, when we were coming from LA for uh Complex You wanted Chick-fil-A? Time. And the Chick-fil-A was on the way and I was starving. <laughs> And I was like, Alex, can we just, because I'm like need to eat and I'm not going to eat that food on a plane because I already know and I just want to get something <laughs> on the way. I was like, can we go to Chick-fil-A or whatever? And I think at first she was like down to pull over and somebody, mm-hmm. maybe you or her, pointed out that it was Sunday. Said, and friend, I just, it's Sunday. There's no, the Chick-fil-A's not open. And your whole face. I literally yelled, man, <laughs> fuck Chick-fil-A. <laughs> at the top of my lungs. Fuck Chick-fil-A. You were so hungry. I was literally starving. And I'm like, okay, I can't think of like all of the things, but I know on the way there is a Chick-fil-A. I've seen it a million times. No. I'll just get some chicken and I won't have to worry about my stomach being on knots on this five, no. six hour flight. It was a Sunday and I was so li- like fucked. I was livid. <laughs> and it wasn't even that big of a deal. Like, like it just wasn't. It was just like, bitch, the nerve of you <laughs> on the day of rest, I can't have chicken. On the day of rest. Like, I that's the day that is supposed to be reserved for us to relax and Mm -hmm. to to feel good and to just chill and kick back. And that is the day that you're like, no chicken for you. See, I feel like like Sunday afternoon is the peak time for chicken sandwich operation. I feel like Popeye's is raking in so much money on Sundays. And I get, you know, caring more about Jesus than doing business on Sundays. But I don't think Chick-fil-A actually cares about Jesus either. The... I don't. The people at the tippity tip top don't have anything to worry about this anyway. Like the CEO of, of Chick Fil A is a multi multi billionaire. That's true. So one hundred percent. So don't don't feel sorry for him. Yeah, don't cry for nobody. Not at all. So um, break down this Colin Kaepernick thing for me, right? Because oh, no. I've had too much wine. When I start to hear in-depth discussions about soccer, I usually just start to tune it out because. <laughs> I don't follow the game. It's definitely... Can we just call it American football for clarity's sake? Mm, but that wouldn't be trolling. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what What are your questions about... about for this particular about one... About soccer. I will call it American football. Thank you. Thank you so much. So from what I gather, the NFL reached out to Colin Kaepernick on a pretty random prompt sort of a styling Mm -hmm. and said, um, Hey, (laughs) I love your breakdowns of these stories. I really do. They said, Hey, we would love it. If you would come and work out for us in Atlanta and um, we're going to bring all of the girls. Atlanta. <laughs> Everybody's going to be there at the Falcons Stadium and you can work out and show us how much you love us and how much you will worship us and um, mm-hmm. how much you deserve to be under the heels of our <laughs> oppressive boots once again. Colin tweeted, I'm just getting word from my representatives at the NFL League office reached out. And shouldn't it just be the NFL office? Because the L in League stands for League, doesn't it? It does. Reached out to them about a workout in Atlanta on Saturday. I've been in shape and ready for this for three years. Can't wait to see the head coaches and GMs on Saturday. Then we hear that 
I guess the NFL wanted him to sign some sort of a waiver and that wasn't going to work. And they said that Collins people sent over a waiver that was rewritten and wasn't adequate or whatever, I suppose. Um, I also read <coughs> that he changed the place. Uh-huh, that was very deliberate. That they uh, asked him to meet them for the workout. And rather than having it at the Falcon Stadium, mm-hmm. he chose to, or he asked them to do it at this high school uh, football field or whatever. That's I guess right. Or whatever. And when he asked, I guess before that, he also asked if like he could bring the media in. I know that Nike was supposed to be shooting something for him during this workout or whatever, I guess. Because, okay. you know, he is like one of their spokespeople or whatever now after that. Oh, yeah, he, he was signed. He was. I forgot about the so Nike he's like deal. One of the faces of Nike or whatever now. So I guess they were planning on doing that, which the NFL says they were cool with. But um, when he asked to have like other media and stuff come in, I guess just for transparency, he claims that he was denied. And that is why he decided to go and do it on his own terms in a place that he decided. And he allowed for camera people. And I feel like even maybe his <coughs> fans and supporters might have been there to watch him work out and whatnot. Girl, the NFL in a statement said, as stated above, more than three-fourths of the NFL clubs were present for today's workout. The NFL made considerable effort to work cooperatively with Collins' representatives. We invited his agent to suggest questions for the interview. Yesterday, when Collins' representatives said he wanted to bring his own receivers to the workout, we agreed. In addition, Coach Hugh Jackson discussed with Collins' agent what drills would be running at the workout so he would know what to expect. The Nike thing they said they agreed with. The liability thing that I, you know, mentioned already. Ah, I read that (laughs) Jay-Z had something, I guess, to do with the workout offer. I also read that he was disappointed that Colin Kaepernick didn't do it at the stadium or whatever. And that was referred to as a publicity. I doubt it. I don't know what the fuck is going on, y'all. I really don't. I don't even know why he still wants to play football. I mean, besides just being passionate about it as a sport, but it being an easy way to make a lot of money. Sure. (laughs) There's that always. Um, but I fully understand being like, you know what I'm not about to do pop up here on some random shit. This sounds like some old power shit where you walk into an alley and somebody just grabs you from behind with a little chloroform. That happens on power. Sure. Okay. So, um, my thing about the NFL has, um, always been that i believe that deep down in their hearts they're a bunch of soul-sucking turds and they never really gave a shit about colin kaepernick or equality or justice or whatever none of the teams in the nfl requested this workout only the nfl requested it they wouldn't let colin tape his own i don't want to call it an audition but you know you might as well yeah they didn't want to let Colin tape his own workout, which is like basically unheard of. And they had all these stipulations in place, including that like Colin couldn't sue on certain grounds, not necessarily for previous behavior, but there was like a, you can't sue us for a Basically, work. we already gave you some money, nigga, so we don't want to hear <laughs> anything, anything ever again, regardless. 
So, yeah, there was a waiver that protected the NFL and the Falcons because he was at their facility, not at their stadium. Two different locations. I know you didn't know that, but (laughs) I know you didn't, friend. That's what I'm telling you. (laughs) But, yeah, so the waiver exonerated the league of all responsibility for the violations of his rights that Mm. may have occurred since his settlement earlier this year. So... Colin saw all that and said, guess what, bitch? We're not even finna work out at Flowery Branch. No, no, no. Actually, fuck no, Flowery no, Branch, no, no, girl. No, no, no. <laughs> fuck the entirety of Flowery Branch, and I agree. We going over to this high school. What is it called? Sam somebody high school? Charles Drew High School, which is named in honor, actually, of a black surgeon who pioneered different methods of storing blood plasma. Wow. Yes, back in World War II and saved, you know, God only knows how many lives. So I think even his people picked Charles Charles Drew High School on purpose, but this was all very deliberate on the part of the NFL and so in turn very deliberate on the part of Colin Kaepernick. No one should expect to see him back in anybody's uniform ever again. Don't confuse these things. And as far as the Jay-Z quote, I haven't actually seen him attributed to that. Like Rock Nation tweeted earlier and they were like, we'll know what y'all talking about. Jay-Z said he didn't say none of that. So, you know, I'm going to leave it to what has actually been documented as being right. said as opposed to hearsay. Right. When it come right down to it, these white men have no intention of letting Colin Kaepernick play as he should. And nor should he feel like he needs to contort himself in order to play this fucking game. So best of luck to everyone involved. Best of luck to everybody but not to the NFL involved. I actually hope y'all crumble. I just <laughs> I actually do hope the NFL, as much as I love my team, even though I'm not watching them, like, fuck the NFL. It should have been if if Colin Kaepernick is going to be affiliated with the NFL ever again. You know what I mean? In my opinion, although, you know, I highly, 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 highly doubt that. OK, and again, I know nothing about the sport mm-hmm. besides, you know, I really love the tight pants and. OK. A lot of the niggas are real fine. I do remember doing that a lot in high school. We used to lust after this nigga Keith because he had a big booty. And his mm. booty looked real good in his football tights. A lot of niggas' booty look real we good. We used to do that a lot. Yes. Shout um, out to the defense. So, yeah. I mean, I just think that if he were to be affiliated with them, he needs to be on a solid board. The way that they have a Jay-Z or somebody right. like that. So that he can play. While also working within the NFL to get people to understand what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. No, that's not going to happen because the NFL don't want all that kneeling for Negro rights bullshit in their environment. They don't want none of that. The NFL doesn't want to deal with that white man Mm -hmm. in the office. That's right. They don't want to piss off Sir Trump. They don't want to have any, you know fumes any fog (laughs) any you know smoke coming from the ignorance outside of the white house right now so they'd rather just look like a bunch of fucking idiots um than do anything sensible in this situation but yeah again i don't think that the nfl deserves colin kaepernick i'm support you know whatever he wants to do and things of that nature but this to me was just like i was sitting goodbye when all of this happened because 
Everybody was talking about it all day. I saw a clip of Stephen A. Smith wisp hollering, which is my way of saying whisper hollering. Okay. Um, wisp hollering. I love it. Like in somebody's house, I don't know if there was a baby sleeping in the next room or something like that. But the <laughs> nigga was just going off on Colin Kaepernick and then arguing with somebody else. And I'm just like, okay, all I'm getting out of this is a few keywords. Workout, Kaepernick, mm-hmm. yep. NFL, yep. Atlanta. All those things. That's kind of it. So... Yeah, no, the NFL doesn't really care about Colin. The The problem with Colin is that he has kicked off this whole pesky, pesky injustice thing. <laughs> and he done got everybody all into like... With his Kuna Kente shirt. Black people rights. You know, his natural his hair. Fucking afro. <laughs> his fucking Which I truly feel like I don't notice about light skin slash mixed people. But I feel like sometimes y'all be letting the natural flourish just so white people know not to try you. I feel like that's what y'all be doing. There are undoubtedly a few people who are just like, in case, I, I could see that. Let's just like, like just do so not you know, let this yellow skin fool you. I not only acknowledge my blackness, I love it. So you might want to be careful. I will take you host the task. Like, I don't know if you remember this because you don't watch football, but a lot of players kneeled. Yeah. There were several times that teams, you know, a year or two ago, decided to sit it out in the locker room or go out locking arms like that meant something, yeah. Jerry Jones or whatever else. So it's not that I really don't think it's necessarily the kneeling. I think it's what the kneeling has come to represent to the maggots, meaning <laughs> Trump's fans. Yeah. And and so having Colin back in the league on any team is just going to have a swarm of these dumbass assholes. Because every person that you're talking about when you mention the maggots, every time they spoke about it, mm-hmm. it was completely off base yeah. from what Colin was doing and why. Every single time I heard any one of them conservative white folks, conservative black folks, conservative gray, blue, yellow, green folks talking about this. It was something that had nothing the fuck to do with the point at all. And again, they are emboldened. Thank you. By this president and his fuckery and also his persistent speaking out in the bullshit that he feels as it relates to this topic. Mm -hmm. So. All of these rich owners that are likely white and maggots themselves were like, you know what? We too don't want to see any of oh, that yeah. fucking knee nigger knee fooling. None of that bullshit. You stand up, boy, when you come out on. <laughs> oh, you know they wanted to call him a boy so oh, bad. Oh, so bad. So bad. So bad. So bad. Fuck these white folks, though, man. One hundred percent. It's funny to me that when, like, I remember distinctly when I started discussing football. And you were trying to help me find my football husband. And you did and that you video. you mentioned Kaepernick. And I was just kind of like, mm, no, I don't see it for this. <laughs> and now I'm incredibly attracted to it. <laughs> oh, God. I think it's the fro and it's the um, self-love. You can't take Nessa's man. She will come oh, fight no, I'm you. I'm not trying you to. You can't do that. I'm just saying now I see it. Whereas before I was like, no, no. Nessa not playing that. Okay, that's the black king. She will. (laughs) She is not fucking with you. You see his crown, bitch. That's right. You already know what fucking time it is. Cornrows in place, ho. Don't act like you don't know. (laughs) With the girls. I just want y'all to know Jay Z didn't ask us shit. Jay Z didn't call nobody. Nobody heard anything. (laughs) So let's cut it out. Because what you're not going to do is try mine. Okay? 
Nessa not playing? Okay, the ring is on the way. Woo! Okay, girl. <laughs> I am not mad, sis. She take all the all the brunt that her man want. And that's real. That's real. Black love, girl. That's right. Yeah, y'all have y'all yellow love. Very biracial up in that bitch. Well, love to everybody with melanin and scents. Um, that's it for okay. Hot Tops, The Prince and the Poppers. Let's take a break <laughs> and come back. Hey, y'all. These days, most of us are meeting new people online through the apps. Yes, it's me. I'm on the apps. I've been trying out a lot of them lately. And I have to say, there's something about that Hinge. First of all, Hinge is the dating app that is designed to be deleted. The whole point is that the girls want you to find somebody and then get off of it. And they have these great prompts, hinge prompts, to help you show off your full personality and connect with somebody who appreciates you. Now, we know Liga Bigga Tigga Month is coming up. Kifira and I are both on the Broken Wrist community. And Hinge's LGBTQIA plus prompts are designed to help queer daters specifically better connect based on similarities, interests, and compatibilities. These prompts were created in collaboration with GLAD, so they are by the people for the people, and they have quite a few of them. The first time I knew I was gay, or I feel proudest of who I am, or my chosen family is the best at. For me, um, you know, one of the Liga Bigga Tigga prompts that I chose to answer was the one about connecting to my community. I connect to my community by, first of all, doing this show. You're welcome. Um, but also through volunteer work, uh, through donations, and by having a good time at Pride and making sure that no matter where I go, I show up as my full authentic self. And if you don't like it, you don't have to have me there. So that's just one of the ways that I like to use these hinge prompts to kind of give people an idea of who I am and what I'm about. So you already know before you message me, like I already see what type of time she on. If you're interested in meeting somebody new and getting rid of dating apps, then download Hinge today and show off your full self using their LGBTQIA plus prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. They right there waiting on you on Hinge. So go download it today. Get started. Sometimes people wait until something bad happens to talk to a therapist. But guess what? You really don't have to wait. You can get a therapist right now through Talkspace and start working through some of the things that have been going on maybe in your past or just things that are holding you back now in your present. Therapy can help you shift your perspective, find tools to cope in difficult times, and be a guiding light. But getting started is the most important part. Talkspace makes it easy and affordable. You can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. The best part is you can have virtual sessions with your licensed therapist from the comfort of your home. Talkspace can help with any specific challenges you might be facing. It is the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, and much more. As a listener of The Read, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash read and enter promo code SPACE80. So to match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash read and enter promo code SPACE80 to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show. Again, that's Talkspace.com slash read. Promo code SPACE80. Go take care of your mental health. All right. So we're back uh, with a very special segment of this episode of The Read. We have a guest in the studio with us. You probably know already because I always put the name of the guest. But here he is with us. 
<laughs> Actor extraordinaire Daniel Kaluuya is Yay! joining us today. What's going on? Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you for coming. You. I don't know if we ever talked about the time that you came to one of our live shows with your girlfriend who listened yeah. to the yeah. show. Yeah. What, what city were we in? Okay. I want to say San Oh, yep. Oakland. Okay. And we were literally just talking about this, how Asante saw him first and was like, oh, um... So <laughs> just want you to know he's here from get out and i thought he was just being a pest right because he doesn't so you know <laughs> right. full circle now you're here in the studio with us to talk no, about it's something privilege. awesome it's yeah. privilege man. thank you it's, um, seeing you guys show man you guys like because i learned how to act through improv so like i can see it from that from that space how like like brilliant your minds were it's not e- it's not easy to keep that up in front of an audience for that mm-hmm. long and mm-hmm. I not because I, I, I did it for like three years yeah. so I was just like I kind of like whew these guys are flinging out some jokes you know I wish improv pace. had taught me anything about acting because it did mm. not <laughs> no? <laughs> no I am a terrible actress I wish no I bet you can do it you, like, uh, I bet you can you just don't want to uh, I feel like it's it's a really good um, like exercise like maybe if you're you go to the gym like normally and then one day you take spin or like right. Tabata or one of those you know like okay. you try something out and it's like a new exercise yeah. in a different way but i think that she and i were just fortunate and sometimes you just have a person where your uh dialogue or your connection with that person is almost like a tennis so like a back yeah, and yeah, forth yeah, yeah. where it just is nonstop. Yeah. And we just had that sort of friendship prior to this all starting. And I right. think we got yeah. lucky in not having to figure it out afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But Thank we are not here to talk about us. No. Amen. <laughs> We're here to talk about a fantastic actor in a fantastic new film. Yeah. Queen and Slim. We've talked about this a bunch of times already. We have. Um, we on have the done show a and lot. How much we are obsessed Appreciate with that, it. Um, it's out November 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first, just let's start about how this came across uh, your desk. I'm sure you have no shortage of opportunities or roles these days, seeing as how you're in all of my favorite things. Right. How did you get. Um, connected with this particular film and what made you interested in in the role or being uh, part of it i uh i was is that a get out screening chance to wrap a get out screening wow and then i so it was before the film came out uh i was just like right chance to rappers watched it i was like right <laughs> and then like and then i was just got a lot of times like it's past two years i'm like what the yeah i can swear on this isn't it yeah i can swear on it yeah oh, oh, i you was like say what the what? fuck is yes, going on like, yeah. i was like bro what is going on and then and then uh and then um and then lena was there right and so i was like talking to people that would just watch the film and then and i was like i went to and i saw lena and i was like i'd read an episode a pilot of the shy like a year before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoever this writer is, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I twigged it. She was in Master of None and I connected the two and I love Master of None. And then I just went up to her and I was like, I think you're great. Because I'm very much like, back in the day, it's kind of, I'm going to go on tangents, but back in the day, like, I don't know, we, we play uh, football soccer. So football is the sport oh, like Lord. that everyone plays. Don't um, get we me say started. soccer. <laughs> I call it, I'm, this Maybe a, a few weeks thing. ago have decided that I will officially only be referring to soccer as football because that's we what it's you. called. We, because there's a foot and a ball. Exactly. And it just makes more sense. It just makes I'm, I'm trying to understand how they come up with soccer. That is I don't difficult. Even know. But <laughs> as like, a way to troll American football and the NFL, I'm going to call American football soccer. 
and soccer football. To be as confusing as And to as confuse possible. y'all because it's fun That's for right. me because I don't care anyway. All right. Well, no, soccer is actually a good name for American football. It, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'm gonna do. I'm start. You know, that as well. sure. Here but yes, go. but anyway, yes. <laughs> basically, play, no. It's people play, play football, and then there's a lot. I knew a lot of people growing up, and they kind of gave up, and they probably were just low, and mm-hmm. they needed someone to go. You know, big up, man. You're doing. I see you doing your thing. This is down the other. So I very much firm believe like give people flowers while they're living. Yeah. So then I, I just went up to Lena. I was like, listen, I think you're great. Like I think you're. I think you're wicked. Um, I I, I don't know. I just think you're great. Like, mm-hmm. and then we, we spoke and then it was really cool. And then she mentioned it. She was like, oh, I've got this Bonnie and Clyde story. And I was like, whoo, Bonnie and Clyde narrative with her voice and her brain. That's interesting. I would watch that. I would read that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then get out, it happened. And then, um, <laughs> flip, you know, and then uh, I had to experience that. And then I was in LA and then I linked up with Lena and then we just chopped it up on a on a real level, just like speaking and just vibing. And then um, then she mentioned Queen and Slim again, and then said the like basically up to the shooting. And uh, I literally was like, I was so happy. And then she kept speaking the story. I was like, This is amazing. This is, please can I read it? Please can I read it? And it was the first draft, and like she said, no one had read it. Mm-hmm. So she sent it to me next day. I think I went Comic Con. I did get drunk, so I didn't read the next day. But then I, <laughs> I, I, after I sobered up, I read it and I read it in like an hour. And for me, like reading, I find reading, I've got a busy brain, so I find reading quite difficult focus, but I, I, I usually takes me like four hours to read a script. It took me like an hour. Flings oh, by, yeah. And I was just like, this is it. I was like, this is it. And, and like, I was like really, I was trying to like eradicate my Britishness in certain parts of my life. Mm-hmm. Cause like in Britain, like you go like, or like in culture to kind of go say you want something, but no worries if not. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no, it's okay. It's okay. And I just was like, I want to play slim. Like right. just say that. Yeah. Not tell you what to do. Not tell you how to go. I really want to play him. Yeah. Uh, it really spoke to me. And then, um, and she was like, listen, Melina has to read. I think Melina was re- filming at the time. Melina has to read it and then like see if she wants to be on board. But you know, it's 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 nice that you said that you want to do. It. <laughs> and I was like, cool. And I'm just like, I'm like, I'll say something and I'll just go and see what happens. Like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I'm really, I'm a firm believer in all that shit. So like, what happened? And then uh, and then Melina was unsure, and uh, and then like she was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then they said, oh, sit down with Daniel, sit down with him, sit down. And I think she was just trying to sit down. That's probably a courtesy or whatever to Lena and stuff. I sat down and I don't know. And we just vibed. Like, we just yeah. kind of like, I like, I didn't go in there like, this is how I will play the character. This is what, <laughs> this is the method and Stanislas. <laughs> no, I ain't got time for any of that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I just feel like, like I, I, I learned, because I've been at since 16, I learned like, <sighs> If that, if that, if someone wants me, a different me shows up. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. if I feel like I'm forcing my way into something, I was just like, this is whack. And I just leave. I've got a home. I can sleep. Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, yeah. I, I just don't like, like, so I want it to feel organic. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I don't want to feel like they were pressured. I'm like, yeah. pressured. Yeah. So, so then we vibed out. We we properly vibed out. And then, um, and then, yeah, she was like, uh, I, I think it'd be great if you play, played him. And I was like, listen, I'm here. I'm ready. And then it took a, it took a, a long while. I think that that was like in the probably like in the June-ish times of 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 post get out. And then I had a whole award season. Yeah. Had also mm-hmm. my life changed a, a bag more. So and yeah, and then then I think and then 
I kind of joined the project and then we spoke to. Jordan yeah. You were in a tiny independent film called Black Panther that not a lot of people saw. No, yeah. I don't think. I think it's uh, it's only in selected <laughs> cinemas. It's really tough. You've they have real busy. distribution issues. Yeah. You know, at, uh, Marvel and Disney. Yeah. Um, Disney minus and stuff. So, yeah, um, Disney minus. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, um yeah, like I kind of, I kind of, I kind of was like, yeah, I was in Black Panther and I was, yeah, that was mad. That was mad. My life, my life's mad, guys. <laughs> my life's mental. I was actually going to ask you, um, since you have like an in to the MCU, who can we speak to about possibly getting Jodie Turner-Smith to play Storm? Because I know <gasps> at some point, you know, they've got to already be tossing around ideas for the impending X-Men right. Marvel Studios premiere. Yeah. And we all know that they have to get Storm right. Your <laughs> co-star in Creed and Slim, Miss Jodie, showed her ass mm-hmm. much like you showed your asses literally and figuratively. Right, right. But y'all did that. Um, and I just feel like, you know, if there's a, a little note I put in your pocket that you pass to somebody else at an MCU party or what. I'll do that. I'll do that. You know, <laughs> I'm going I'm to LA like, on Thursday. I'm going to do it. I'm hey. Gonna, yeah. Then Kevin Feige go, this is a note. You might directly from New York, Kid Fury. Very important. You know what I mean? You could maybe just a premiere party. I could even have like an MCU cupcake. It just could be my (laughs) my payment. Imagine if if that actually happened. I'd love it. I think that would be amazing. It's it's just just, it feels like the most obvious thing in the world, really. And she's a star. She's impeccable. She is just so gorgeous and so talented. Y'all really did that in this damn movie. But both of you are British, playing American characters. Was that that, did you have to do any work together to kind of get into character? Were y'all like, hmm, this is not, you know, where we grew up with well, this crazy... Well, no, I think with um, Jodie, she's been in America since eight. Oh, okay. So she, I think she went, she grew up in Maryland. Is that okay. how you say it in an English accent? Maryland. Maryland. But I love your accent. You Mar- could just say all kinds of Maryland. words right now. And uh, a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Um, but um, no, she, Maryland. And then like, so she was like, so she doesn't really, and she's lived in LA most of her life. So she doesn't really, but Got for it. me, it's like, kind of like accent kind of, I, I just work, I work really hard on the accent. I work really hard. It's really people, good. But people, people like, even like, even like, um, yeah, like even when people, oh yeah, you know that thing where like people don't realize like the stuff you do is because of the hard work. It's not because like <laughs> I just flip in. Yeah. I just was born yeah. with this dual accent. <laughs> like no, like I just I work my ass off. I yeah. record myself every day, and so it was. Uh, it was kind of like I did that. I just do just I, the accent stuff because I. I I, I care. I care. <laughs> like, I right. Care. I really give care. A shit. <laughs> I give it's a shit. Yeah. That's what it is. I give a shit. So like that. And then, and then like in terms of the character, I kind of, I went, cause the guy works in Costco's mm-hmm. slim. So mm-hmm. I went to, I pulled up in Costco's in Cleveland on the Sunday. What when was the day that experience that, like? It was interesting, bro. Because <laughs> apparently you need a card and I just bowled yeah. through. Yeah. But I had that energy where I go random places and I go, yeah, I'm here, man. I'm local, <laughs> I'm about. So, and then like, and then I just pulled through and I was just walked every aisle and I just looked at, like, I just was wanting to understand the staff. I don't even know what I was, I go to places I don't know what I'm looking for and I just kind of like, just go and then and then people start realizing I was in Get Out and right. then so the staff started talking to me and then I and then I and then I realized I had questions about 
I like being specific. I want to know what area mm-hmm. someone is like and what that area means in the context of the city. Yeah. So I just mm-hmm. asked the people, do you know what I'm saying? And he was like, yo, I was like, but at that, at that point, I didn't know what hood he was coming from or what kind of hood or how many white people was in his area and this is that. Because that all feeds into yep. what kind of person you are. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I was just chilling the guy and then the most, the ma- like, again, I don't go looking for anything. I don't, I just, I know something's there. And the most amazing thing I figured out is that when you work on Sunday in Costco's, they he told me that you get $38 an hour. And I was like, I'm not, oh. I'm not surprised. I was like, yo, Slim thinks he's a catch. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, he thinks, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, and it was, it's something that I actually, actually when Get Out happened, people asked me like, what do I want to do after? And then I was like, I want to, I, wanna, I said I wanted to do a rom-com about black male privilege. And then, Ooh. but like, oh but God. like, but that's what it was like. It was interesting to explore that idea in just about like, if you're at a certain age, late 20s, early 30s, as a straight black man, you're like, I ain't got kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not married. <laughs> right. Like, well, of course I'm going to eat your food. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm going to take you to a diner. I don't have to do shit. You're lucky. You're fucking lucky to be in our presence. I'm a, I'm a rare commodity. Right. If you completely identify in a, in a solely black context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm... <laughs> But you got a good job. That's fascinating. The fact that you have a blind spot, like that's what I'm saying, it's fed to the, the attitude of the date. The fact that you have a blind spot that you realise that you can eat someone's food and you can take them to the diner and you can feel that she's not connecting with you right. and you still think you can get laid. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is like... And I watched that like, wow, this is... Uh, Every man ever. This is how they act like, yeah. in these situations. It's so fascinating to me that you could get that insight just from being like, okay, so this character uh, works at Costco, which really isn't explored outside at of a all. line. Right. Yeah. And get that sort of insight to the character. But that's what I was going to ask, like, what are some things that you did to prepare yeah, for you, the Yeah, and you just go. You just go. You just go. And then I think, especially if, obviously I'm going to play black characters, but especially like even understand how many white people that person is interfaced with in their lives really speaks right. how what, what is their education mm-hmm. level do you know what I'm saying it's like I mean being at Costco's indicates a certain education level and it assumes that he hasn't really didn't go out of the state mm. to like do you know what I'm saying he is like and he's and the fact that he's very content I find I find content people fascinating because I don't know I've kind mm. of always been like oh my life could be better my life could be better and then it's always linked to some sort of trauma or something that you're trying to run away from if you're kind of going and content people are just really trustworthy people because they're not they're not wanting for everything I just I find them fascinating and, and like to have that kind of character who, but this thing's happens to a person that just wants a family and mm. wants you know what I mean right. I find that interesting but yeah that's in terms of the Americanness that's that's the kind of where my brain went I had like a, a similar question to that. Um, knowing that you've played Black American characters before and have had a lot of um, themes in those roles be very central to like the Black American experience. What are because I've always been very um, interested in doing um, or when I have done like a sort of compare and contrast to Black British culture versus Black American culture because yeah. I have like a couple of cousins and relatives that I don't know very well from South London. What about um, just I really don't know. F- Further than South London, that's all that I knew. But I had like a cousin that I met once when I was about 17. He was from South London. And I thought he was the coolest nigga I'd ever met in my life because he had a British accent, yeah. but I also felt like he could kill somebody. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, just intrigued. You know what the I mean? The James Bond thing? 
not like that, oh. but just like on some top boy hood, oh, like the okay. British oh, wire shit. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So I was like, this nigga is cool. Yeah. And I wish I had that accent. So I, I'm curious if there was anything either in uh, the preparation or production of this film or just in your breadth of, of training or journey as an actor that gave you sort of an insight um, in Black American culture versus what you grew up used to in your culture as a Black British yeah, person. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because now, like, it's funny that you mentioned Top Boy, and I think it was kind of is started from Idris, mm-hmm. and and then in, in well, I'll give it, I'll give Craig David these, I'll give Craig David, I got, got sometimes Craig David doesn't <laughs> uh, but like it's it's just this kind of like. <laughs> A certain kind, uh, a contemporary Black British culture that's that's now being out there, being out there because of globalization. And then you kind of, what I realized is that is when I was in the accent for this actually, um, Queen and Slim, is that there's it's not the same, but there's parallels. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I'm obviously not going to say, oh, my experience is the same. My parents ain't even the same as someone in a different city in right. England. Right. So it's like, but there's there's parallels. And what was interesting is that um, what they figured out accent-wise is that a lot of time, people think accent's how you sound, but it's how you carry yourself. And mm. and what is an interesting thing is the right to speak. And every single culture has a different right to speak and a different attitude when they attack a a thing and mm-hmm. the black black British working class experience is very similar to the African American working class experience yes. in terms of how they enter the room and how they present themselves mm-hmm. and what they've experienced and how, what space they occupy in the social climate. Mm-hmm. So then there was stuff that I had for free in terms of how I would approach a line or approach. It's an attitude. Mm-hmm. So like you know saying, like a Nigerian right to speak is very different to a Ugandan right to speak is because. Nigerians are very, they're very upfront, they're very um, chest out. Um, so that, I think that was, um, that was really interesting. And also like growing up, I grew up on a state, which is kind of like the projects and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like, you're like, I grew up broke, man. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I grew up yeah. broke, broke. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like all this drum, it's why it's fascinating. It's fascinating because what it is they, you, you, you have this kind of, perception being a black British actor that you have gone drama school and the and what's interesting I couldn't I couldn't afford it yeah and a lot of the actors that have come over and done well didn't go to drama school the black British ones whether it's Damson Idris whether it's John Boyega whether it's Letitia Wright we're talking like conventional yeah. drama school mm-hmm. like Lambda Rada XYZ so right. we like it's very similar in in attitude and in terms of like the the kind of black right of passage. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. bullshit that you have to experience because of the colour of your skin. Yes. Like what you have to have have to have seen and 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 the feelings that you have to have sw- swam through in order to like just like you know what I mean? Like I know I'm just going I don't know being in a cell because of the colour of your skin. Like it yeah. doesn't I remember I, I sued the police back home like four years and then like and then it came out I didn't want it to come out in the papers and that and then it came out in the papers and then like the amount of like young black actors that hit me up or young black pe- men that hit me up and said, that happened to me too. How did you do that? Yeah. Do you mean mm. the amount? Yeah. Like, it's like, I was like, this is like a thing. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. It's, um, I think there are, there are parallels. And so there's empathy there and there's stuff that African in the African American experience 
that not only you know logically but you know intimately you know what yeah I'm saying? And there's mm-hmm. something in this stuff in the women um, a female woman experience that i just don't know intimately it's to reality i yeah. know logically yeah. what it's like to walk home by yourself in the dark street mm-hmm. logically i know why that would be dangerous but it's dangerous for me for different reasons yeah. than to a woman that i'm just not getting those ideas or thoughts do you right. know what i'm saying I so do. but there's very um the similar thoughts and similar ideas and similar questions you ask yourself um, and ask and, and navigating um, white institutions um, and, and keeping your self esteem and self confidence um, and, and your right to basic human shit is similar. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know Beautifully said, actually. Yes. There are lots of themes in the film um outside of you know the expected trauma of being black and dealing with the brutality uh at the hands of police and stuff which as i love mentioning about this film is like it's like the parsley on a dish you know what i mean it's like it's there and it knows its purpose and it's very honest about what it is but it's not this long ride of oh my god it's so hard being black the cops kill us all the time there are themes of love and forgiveness Mm. and family and religion and it's hilarious in a lot of places so among all of these things that the film is saying in such a great and nicely like tied up package what is like one thing that you hope viewers take away from it because you're talking about like two people who go on their very first date Mm. and go on this incredible ride where you can understand why they would be in love with one another yeah so in the depth of all of that is there like anything that you really hope people grasp onto when they're done seeing this movie yeah i i mean i'm 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 always a firm believer of trying not to, to to i really the privilege is kind of like if the audience wants to own it and wants to have that debate and wants to, and then try not to intrude in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Going, this is what I think. Like, it's not none of my business. I get it. But yeah. like, I, the one thing is like, the one thing I would say is that it's the fact that you don't know, you're just seeing fully rounded human beings. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like- The good that, and the bad. The good and the bad, they're flawed. And they fall in love and they make bad decisions, but they, and they make good decisions. And and I, I, I hope, and what I, one of the things I love about it, last time I saw it was like, I was like, oh, they don't become these kind of, figures where like they, they, I don't know like the last 20 minutes they start doing speeches yeah. like, oh we're gonna bring them down like it's yeah. like they're just regular regular like do you know what I'm saying they're just like they're just like they're like just trying to leave they're trying yeah. to survive yeah. they're trying to be close to each other they're trying to connect they're trying to yeah. figure their shit they're trying yeah. to you know what I mean? And, and I feel like sometimes, because I do wrestle with the fact, like, I mean, I do start a lot of stuff about racism, but I do wrestle with all that. But I, I feel like sometimes I, I don't mind doing it if you're able to explore the plethora range of human emotion. So then you can present black people as full humans. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and like, and show that, and show that they lived with hope. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't lose their hope. I find that really special. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like they didn't they were like they didn't lose their hope. Um and and being in those situations, I think if you're feeling downtrodden, that's the only currency you have. 
I get very bullish if someone trying to take my hope. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because that's all we got sometimes. Um, like, so I, I, I found that optimistic and really, and really, and really special. Right. And uh, one of the things that we both said to, to Lena and Melina after we had seen it is how it feels like it could easily happen to anyone. anyone. Like the whole, um, the entire situation with Queen and Slim and the cop. Like when I was watching it the first time, I was like, this is, I've been in this situation with a cop yeah. before. I've seen this happen to people before with the police. And it feels it just all feels so honest. It doesn't feel like it's trying to tell me this fantastical story of the black experience. It feels yeah. like two people that really just went on a date and something that really could happen to anybody and how they actually would deal with it. So in your like discussion of of holding on to the hope that you can whatever, like in this situation that you can live and make it out alive and and all that other stuff. Like hope is definitely something I think that even subconsciously at our core, we know is all we have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people try to, even within our own community, try to diminish that hope from one another because they know that it's like our core strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that, you feel like that's kind of another like underlying message in the experience that is this film or just, is that just something you feel like in general? What do you mean? Like in terms of like hope being all that we have, like would you feel like that is a message in the film? I, I think it's just what I took away from it, and oh, okay, I, right, I, right, right. And, and and I feel like it's what I that really resonated with me is Got that it. like when you are pushed against the wall, like I think that's what makes in them situations black so special is because they don't they, the hope is still there. Mm-hmm. the possibility to create and invent and do something new and this and that is still there. And that gives a life that that's like, that, I mean, I can't, I, I'm, I'm in spoiler city right now. But it's like, but it's like, it's just that in, in that situation, like I feel like anyone else would just, I don't know, just stay in bed. <laughs> Yeah, Janine is just like I don't want to leave. I don't want to move. Do you know what I'm saying? Is you, they've got every right to not move. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? But the the hope, even if it's from fear, this is that and the other, and the ingenuity that like Queen has, kind of like no, we need to do this. Need like what? Yeah, that, in that in situation is like the journey. That is yeah. like Jimmy. We got to do this. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, we got to get this. Blah, blah, blah. Like that, 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 that is what um, an array of communities throughout the diaspora mm-hmm. have had to figure out you yeah. know what I'm saying? when they've been exploited. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, we make something out of this. Do you know what I'm saying? Have, has there been any, because you guys have, uh, or the film has been screened at a couple of different places by now. A few different groups have been able to see it. Yeah. Have you heard like any particular feedback from anyone that's really like stuck out to you or really like touched you? Anyone say anything to you? I mean, I even saw like a, a queen in slim costume for Halloween. Wow. No oh yes, yeah. I did see no that. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, lesbians, oh, I think actually. Yeah, I think Black they came lesbians. to my party. It was so good. Oh man, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it was one one time like first someone 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 around me said that it felt it felt uninterrupted. Okay. I thought that was really sp- like in terms yeah. of like you, you just the fact that it's from Lena Molina. They just they were in over all the decisions, and you realize how rare that is. 
Do you know what I'm saying? In terms of the music and the lighting and the mm. costume and this, usually you're, you're put in a situation where someone like a, a producer or a director would have to compromise in order to to reach more people. But right. I think we live in a day and age, and that speaks to you guys as well. Like you have to be specific to be general. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can't you can't try and appeal to everyone because people know why. Mm-hmm. Like, right. do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I want to. Do you know what I'm saying? You have to know what you're about and be specific and go, yeah. this is where we're at. And you come in or not. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And and the, and that that was a really interesting. But this is very early stages for me. I've been filming. So mm-hmm. I've been like talking to Pete, then a bit of Q&As to this week. So I, I don't know. Like I, I'm still at early stages, so I haven't heard a lot. Yeah, yeah. Melina and Lena have been yeah. killing it, killing it, being yeah. out there. So I have yeah, a feeling right. after it's it comes really out, you're gonna hear from a lot of people who yeah, feel deeply I'm so affected by excited. your yeah. I'm so excited to hear what other people think when it comes yeah. out. I'm so happy. You're, you're, really you're, huh? you're really good at this. Oh, thank the you. acting thing. Really <laughs> fucking good. Yeah, that acting thing you do? Yeah. Pretty good. I'm just saying, I'll like you watching. in every movie you're in, you take me away. Yeah. And oh, I am am never expecting that. So oh, it means a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That and that's what it is about like the conversation. I'm just so interested to hear what people think and what it brings out in them. I heard about one of the screenings how how a lot of black men just had a deep conversation about yeah. like nav- navigating the stuff that Slim was navigating mm-hmm. in that. So, I mean, a very early screener. Like, I just, I'm, I want to hear, I just want to listen. I want to see, like with Get Out, it was so interesting just walking around. There was a stage in Get Out where they like, it was so surreal. I was just <laughs> walking around and black women were just hugging me. <laughs> they were just hugging me and leaving me. <laughs> Cause it was crazy. I was like, "What's going on?" They would hug me. They were on the phone, hug me, and then bop. It was a hug and run. It was like, it was like, I was like, "Yo!" Like, and you don't know what you're like. And so I feel like this. You you're gonna be. This will move you. So I think because it puts me in a place. So I assume it would. So I just I but I don't want to. I'm very interested to see what people think. Yeah. I just looked at it as one of those movies that like, I feel like if I were back in junior high school, high school or something like that, it would be one of the many awesome black films that my dad would buy in home video. And then oh, I would yeah. sneak and watch when right. I got home. Cause I was <laughs> not I allowed. Got home first. Like I, it just reminds me of like being a kid and watching like Menace to Society, Boys in the yeah. Hood. Like oh, all wow. of those yeah. movies when Classics. I was a kid. Cla- no, I really feel like it's going to be like a classic black film for the age that a lot of people think about when they just talk about like black films that impacted them in any way and again doesn't feel like a like a, a history lesson as a, as much as like an art form and and an experience and you laugh and yeah. you feel good and you feel interested and I talked to both Crystal and Lena about how my opinion was I feel like a lot of people should see this as a first date movie no yeah. it's and, so and bad. people disagree with me it's such, no, such no, a but bad you, idea you know where you stand with them <laughs> You need to know it. Would you run for me? Would you run with me? I mean, so yes, but also I just feel like you're really killing the fucking vibe on a first date with that movie. You because have... they're on a shitty first date. It's like, what are you doing? I mean, well, their first date was shitty. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it expanded into no. so many beautiful no, things. No, friend. I just feel like you could have like a really cool conversation about blackness and relationships yeah. and uh, a whole bunch of things. Like, I'm not saying that you should be after this and be like, would you be willing to evade the law with me? <laughs> right. like, I'm not saying that. 
<laughs> but that's what I'm, Sometimes you need to like, know. That's my point Depends about... Depends what your occupation is. I mean, that's a good <laughs> question. Yes. But I think it touches on so many different things in terms of relationships that you can have a cute oh, little Lord. diner conversation with after the movie. But maybe not. That was I, my I just thing. feel like that's a bit of a damper on the evening. Whatever. Maybe fourth date. Maybe fourth date. <laughs> it's a great date movie. It's I do think thing. It's so. a great date. But what you said about being like a teenager and stuff, I remember there was one screening that I really wanted to go when Melina did it at Howard University. I yes. badly yeah, wanted yeah, yeah. to go to that, but that I, I was in prep, so I couldn't. But I saw the footage of that and then and the producer, he, he hosted, um, his company hosted it, but he's producing the film that I'm doing now. And he was just like saying it was crazy. The reaction was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Then we realized that for young people, this film, do you know what I'm saying? It's going to be like, it's that. It's you, you, I feel like it has that quality where like teenagers are going to re- yes. really yeah. resonate with them. I remember being like sitting and I wasn't the super had a whole bunch of friends on the school bus kid, but I was just always interested in all of the conversations that the cool kids had on the bus. And movies were a huge one, mm. especially like, the black films that were coming out at the time or just classic black films that, you know, it was fun to quote them and to know the lines and stuff like that. And I just seeing this movie at almost 32 years old, that's what it makes me think of. It makes me think of this would be the movie that yeah. when I get on the bus, uh, November, or whatever, the first day of school after the 27th, this would be the movie that everybody is talking about. And I have to figure out how I could sneak in at 15 <laughs> to go and see Queen and Slip. It's just amazing. Yeah. Cheers, don't you think it's time for black people across the diaspora to come together against these colonizers and just be like you know what we're gonna stop the petty infighting the whose jollof rice is better the everything else and we're just gonna be like you know what it's we need to focus topic, all our rice. energy on getting these white people to sit the fuck down somewhere I don't know if that's something you wanna say <laughs> you know you got you got jobs and contracts and shit but I'm just right so feel free to not reply to that at all I'm just saying I we're feel like we just have to have the conversation you know each one teach one yeah there are a lot of really amazing <laughs> moments of like <laughs> there are a lot of yeah. amazing moments of black togetherness in the film oh that's true that is listen that is we're true. better together do you know what I'm saying I, I, I genuinely I genuinely believe I, I, I get it I get it when people go da, 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 da. it's like I mean human beings are tribal I get, I get it but I just feel like I think Black Panther showed us that if we and me come together like yeah, I mean, everyone came from everywhere in that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, with just you know, I don't know. I I I I understand the the conflicts and stuff like that. I get it because it's just life. It's not you know. It's about this this like diaspora wars and all that. You're kind of like this is like bougie beef. Like I I just feel like it's kind of like it's just like it's, I just feel like it's cool and 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 like people. I don't know, man. I just feel like we there's more we have more in common do you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. and and uh, and uh, I don't know I just feel like I don't I don't actually know what I'm talking about now what am I talking about <laughs> black togetherness a, yeah I just yeah. I, I just feel like our unity I just come from a context where a context where things happen do you know what I'm saying? Like when that, when you have a con- things happen, mm-hmm. and so I'm just happy to not be in that space. Like, <laughs> like, like, okay. do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I've been in them spaces. So I'm just like, what's what's it gonna amount to? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like I don't want to bring down someone that looks like me at all. Even if you call me out, you ain't mm-hmm. gonna ever get me to do that. Never. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, I I I um 
I understand. And then you just, you'll connect with people that you connect to. I'm going round about in circles. And <laughs> no. I don't know what I am. No. I don't know what I'm You're saying. fine, but we have taken up a lot of your time. I feel like somebody's going to come in here in a minute. So. No, we're chilling. <laughs> Unless you want me to <laughs> no, fuck off. Your papa is going to be like, uh, we have <laughs> somewhere to fucking go. So... <laughs> um. But no, for a Queen's some fantastic movie. I'm going to talk endlessly about it. I don't even want people to think um, that I'm like doing the most when I say how much I Truly really, enjoyed it. really enjoyed you the cried. film. It touched me and it also made me laugh in its authentic, like you saying how it, how someone said it was un- uninterrupted or felt uninterrupted. It does feel so authentically black and it feels great to have little things, whether they are facial expressions or lines or a full origin of a character feel like I know somebody like me put the work in to get that to look this way or mm-hmm. feel this way. It's just a great experience altogether. And I hope everybody gets to go and see it. White, black, green, indigo, whatever the fuck <laughs> color you are. You know what else? Someone else said about, um, and it made me think about, it's, it's um, the women at Uncle L's house and how yes. what it was, it was interesting because how they were cast, you realize that a man wasn't, a part of that process <laughs> because Melina chose women that are comfortable exposing their bodies as opposed to a woman who a man wants to see naked. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, I, and there's a mass, there's a massive difference where they don't even, you don't even realize they're exposed. <laughs> right. Like, they don't really? even like, they're yeah. just because they're way they carry, they're comfortable with them. Yeah. Because Melina understands that. them. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that was, that was fascinating to me because I never thought of it that way. And it's, you mean, it's just like, uh, usually a man would go, yeah, yeah, she's fit. Yeah, yeah, but she's a hottie. I want to, yeah, like, mm. you want to be a stripper? I'm like, she, maybe she don't, she's not spiritually inclined in that way <laughs> to be doing that kind of stuff. Do you know what I'm right. saying? And like, I found that, I found that really interesting. I think that was another thing that was, um, that, that came up. That yeah, that's a really good point. Like, I think I was more obsessed with their hair and nails than I, <laughs> I really didn't even notice what they had on. I was just like, bitch, I need them braids. India, I'm going to need all that. I just loved this movie. Yeah. I'm going to just stop talking. It was about really, it. really good. Congratulations, oh, thank you. sir, thank you so on another um, incredible performance. Queen and Slim in theaters November 27th. Daniel Kaluuya, thank you Love. so much again for coming by our raggedy. It's not raggedy. Me- it's not raggedy. <laughs> you guys are playing yourself down. It's not raggedy. And thank you for the accent tips. I'm going to write them down. I've been working on my British accent for a long time. No, no, no. It's very, very bad. And everybody would like for me to not Mine do it. Mine is also terrible. And I <laughs> you don't need to do an impression of your cousin, huh? No, no, no. I really am not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last person I'm going to do. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Okay, we're back and it is time for the read. It, I mean, it, the listener letters. That's right, friends. So close. Send your questions to asktheread at gmail.com. We may read them a lot on the show. We have an update from the girl who wanted tips for eating her man's ass. Oh. 
She said after a few shots of tequila oh and God. a couple jokes to oh ease the tension, my God. we did the deed. Without getting too deep, haha. We both really enjoyed it. Oh. <laughs> my boyfriend especially, because he made a few positive reaction noises. <laughs> and afterwards, we laughed about him. That nigga went, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm pretty sure 70% of me enjoying it was because he's so hygienic, so I didn't have to deal with any dingleberries yes, in his jungle. <laughs> it matters. Regardless, it, like, even if does. she's not going back there, my nigga, like, what are you doing yes. <laughs> or not doing? Right. I mean, honestly, if I know I'm about to have sex, I can guarantee you that whole area is fucking pristine, girl. But anyway, it's something, ass eating is something we will definitely incorporate into our sex lives in the Yay! future. And I'm excited for you. For it, thank you so much for your advice. Sis, we're so happy for you. That you I'm glad you liked it. Me too, because uh, I've never eaten ass, and I have a feeling I would not. <laughs> I have a feeling that is not for me. <laughs> the fact that you liked it is great. It's a proof and a testament to the fact that sometimes you can try things out, and you might get a positive reaction to mm-hmm. it, but if you don't, that's totally okay, too. Like, either way, it's cool. But you win because yes. now you get to do something. And you loved it. New in bed that you're into. So we actually had another update about a story that we did. Remember the Buffalo Wild Wings story where the family was asked to move because yes. white people don't like being around black people? So somebody sent us an update and said not only were the two managers fired the two regulars who asked for the black people to be moved have been banned from all buffalo wing wild wings restaurant and the group is suing buffalo wild wings as well Mm -hmm. just wanted to keep you all informed thanks whitney thank you whitney because i did not know that and it makes my heart so happy i mean that is the fucking least they think it is imagine going to buffalo wild wings so often that you have to get banned the fact that you're such a regular at Buffalo Wild Wings, which is not bad, but also not good. It's just I mean, very like, confusing. You could be banned for any fucking reason. Like, you could go once and oh, be yeah. banned just in case you thought about maybe coming back some other fucking time. It's true. But the fact that you are, the fact that you were a regular and are banned for this mm-hmm. is insane to yes. me. Because it's like, hey, I can take glee in the fact that you really fuck with Buffalo Wild Wings, bitch, but no more. <laughs> like, you clearly love it, bitch, and you, you may do. no longer have any. Unless somebody's <laughs> gonna do takeout for your ass and bring it to the fucking house. But, bitch, you wanted the fucking dining experience and you may no longer have it. But it also says, like, girl... How much of a regular were you that yes. <laughs> that they knew you that off no, top? Not necessarily, but how much were you? How much were you a regular that you've been going, coming to this motherfucker for however long, and it wasn't until now that somebody realized you were like, like mind blowingly racist, right? So because fair. I can't imagine that they, that was the first time that that person was in Buffalo mm-hmm. Wild Wings when some black people was in Buffalo. Yeah, I can't imagine either. Even even though Buffalo Wild Wings is truly terrible food, very bad. Niggas I, stay I in like that to. bitch. They stay in that bitch. Twenty five cent wings. Oh wait, no, wings? I'm sorry, not Buffalo Wild Wings. What's that other place? Hooters. Hooters is oh, very yeah, no. bad. Hooters food. is wretched. BWW, you know, I only eat y'all's chicken, so I don't know. But I will do like, oh yeah, I've only had chicken from Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't even think I've had sides from Buffalo Wild Wings, maybe. But Wingstop is the best of those. It is of the fast food chicken places. But you know, here we go. 
If you in Atlanta, I have to say JR Crickets is my favorite, but I don't know where y'all going because everybody in Atlanta is so particular about their fucking chicken. It's either JR Crickets or American Deli. That's what I always hear. I literally will not eat American Deli. Y'all have tried to lie to me about that bullshit over and over. I've never had American Deli before. I've it had JR Crickets. Is, I have so. had American Deli. It taint good. <laughs> so. Next question comes from I need a made up name for a woman. Uh Drusilla. Drusilla says, I'm 27 and I'm regretting my career choice. Mm. I'm a correctional officer and have Oof. been for a few years and That's now I that. hate it. Mm. I got the job so I could pay for school and nothing else. But once I started getting the check, I became complacent. I'm surrounded by a bunch of conservative right wing officers, both black and white. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching in real time how the system screws over inmates, especially the black ones. Mm-hmm. You're right about that, girl. But as the years go by, I notice how black inmates typically receive twice the sentence than white or Hispanic inmates for drug charges and other violations. I mean, yes. Oh, no. I gave you I told you a black woman, but it's a black man. Oh, then Drew. Drew. Drew says, working here as a black gay man, I feel as though I'm participating in oppression. I may not be the one charging Mm. them, but I'm working for the system that Mm. did and Mm. it's eating away at me. I've run Mm. into a few inmates that respect inmates Mm. and hate this Mm. fucking job, but most of them are toxic, hyper-masculine men who love guns and Donald Trump. Mm. Yuck. Mm. My boyfriend put me on how the system is racist as fuck and how many law enforcement agencies started off as slave patrols. That's right white wealthy people exploiting black bodies for profit continues to this day as as cheap prison layer labor and i see it all the time i've always seen it actually but i hadn't thought much about it but now i do all the time then my boyfriend went off and introduced me to his lesbian black friend who just got her phd but is also a little bit hood Mind you, my boyfriend is white, so this took me by surprise meanwhile his friend with the phd told me i was a bootlicker mm and looked at me with the highest eyebrow raise ever as if she wanted to say, nigga, you know, you know better. My boyfriend is very supportive of me quitting this job, but we both know it would be hard to f- for me to find another one that offers the same level of benefits. So with that being said, I want to quit now, but I feel set up. They pay well and they offer good benefits and an amazing retirement. I was able to buy a car on my own, blah, blah, blah. What the mm. fuck do I do? <clears throat> Rent is high as the fuck. Gas is ridiculous oh, and living is killing me. Mm. I'm getting depressed and angry and I'm worried that this will affect my relationship with my man. Please help Drew. I think that... um. It's really up to you. I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer in what to do in this situation because at the end of the day, it is hard to just find another good job, decent job, or at least a job that can maintain the life that you're living. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just hard to find a job, period. It but, is. It's hard to find a good job that pays the bills and you don't have to work like another job right. or 80 hours a week or whatever. Personally, if I were in this situation, I would quit. And it's specific, it's not even on the, you know, I'm black and I feel like I'm participating in oppression thing. That would definitely be a factor. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying that, like, your mental health is deteriorating as a result of this, that's where I'm like, you know, I'm logging off at that point. Right. Because I'm already a CO. 
You know, like, I'm already a CEO. So, like, my work environment is, is depressing enough as it is. We're literally dealing with what we're dealing with, not to mention, you know, these other officers or whatever that are complete bigots, ignorant, right. conservative, dumbasses. <laughs> There's just not enough, I think, to keep me in a situation like that. I completely understand that taking over your mentality, even outside of work, mm-hmm. I can see it affecting your home life, your relationship with your, um, your man and all that stuff. Um, but again, I don't think I would fault anybody that was like, I got to pay these bills. Mm-hmm. I got a car note. Right. I got to pay blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what to do besides try and find a job while you still working maybe yes which is what everybody else does yeah finding the job while you're still working actually apply for that bitch while you at work if you really about it mm-hmm. but um so i'm usually of the opinion that you know niggas is just trying to make it yeah. and government jobs or like steady paycheck jobs are highly coveted and if you know, like you a CEO, your money coming on time every two weeks. You know that for a fact. It's very hard to give that up in addition to your health insurance, dental, vision, all that shit. You going to the doctor like never before. You just fucking free going to the doctor every week. It's hard to ask people to give that up. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I look at people who work for like Border Patrol and they caging niggas in Texas. And I'm like, how do you do that? How do you do that, even though it's for a check, knowing that you're, like, causing so much harm right. to people? exactly. The problem for me here is that prison, the prison industrial complex is such a fucking mess, but also that's not your fault. And I really struggle with whether that is your responsibility right. to handle. Right. Because, yeah, if there were no COs, they couldn't run the prison. But if you didn't do it, somebody else would. And I would rather someone compassionate be in the role than you. Because, of course, ideally, we don't have any prisons because people don't feel the need to commit crimes ever. But that is not the world we currently live in right now. So right. I just don't... I think... I think as far as being a CO is concerned, I would continue to do my job while looking for something else that felt a little bit less soul sucking. Yeah. Because it's fine. It's fine to have a job that maybe you don't like as long as it's not affecting you mentally right. or physically or whatever. Exactly. Uh, so many niggas have done that. Been like, bitch, I don't give one shit about this job or I go sell computers over the phone. Like, I look, do not care. It pays the bills. I get here, I'll be bored. I'm not crazy about it, but mm-hmm. fine. I would say don't let a white man influence you here because they don't ever have to make the kind of choices we do. So if he's like, oh my God, working for a prison is so wrong. Be like, shut up, Chad. You don't know nothing about what it's like to be one of me. Being a black gay man, he would love for you to be gone. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, if you have ends at other state jobs, maybe see if you can get hired there, that kind of thing. Like I would be searching around trying to find something else while keeping my job because bills are real. And benefits are real too. Like I've worked several quote unquote good jobs that didn't pay enough necessarily mm-hmm. but they came with so many benefits where I would never have to pay co-pays or whatever else it's like bitch I'm gonna definitely take that job all that shit I'm taking all that shit my 401k and all that shit so best of luck to you as you figure it out uh, but yeah it sounds like you're really miserable 
So maybe just keep going to work while you find something else and then changing jobs when you're ready. Because even, I mean, the search for a job on the side might be enough to sort of put the darkness on ice, if you will, for a second, because sometimes I like, all right, I'm out here and I've got a plan and I'm going to just do the best I can to find something else that, you know, might make you feel a little better. You won't feel like super complacent about going to that same job every day. And it might take you a while to find something, but at least if you keep looking, you won't, you'll feel like you're doing something about why you feel bad. Right. Exactly that. Okay. Best of luck to you. Our next question comes from Didi, who says, I'm starting therapy for the first time this week. As a teen, I battled the dynamic duo of anxiety and depression, and I dealt with it alone, except for the one time I went to my GP. Oh, she lives in England. So I just a GP is like a primary care physician. Yeah. I had one consultation General and never went back. Physician. Practitioner, probably. All right. Now I'm 26 and I've just come off the waiting list for therapy. Wow. 26. Oh, uh-uh. you know what? This is why they don't want to socialize healthcare. Anyway, now I'm 26 and I've just come off the waiting list for therapy three months <coughs> after talking to my doctor and finally t- telling my parents about my depression. I'm very excited to start, but I have a concern. You both talk candidly about your experiences with therapy and how much you appreciate it. But you also talk about how much you love weed. Mm. Now, I love weed, too. And it more or less replaced an unhealthier coping mechanism I had when I was sad as a teenager. More importantly, it relaxes the fuck out of me. It brings me joy. And my issue is that I'm scared if my new therapist asks about my smoking habits, I won't want to lie to her. And then she'll tell me to stop or she'll judge me. I don't know if this is something you guys have disclosed in sessions or what responses you've gotten. If so, I really want therapy to work. So I want to be truthful, but I'm just worried. Thanks for always being honest about your mental health. You are compliments, compliments. Thank you, guys. Didi. So, first of all, your therapist is not there to judge you. They shouldn't be judging you if you feel judged. um, You know, you can consider doing something else like if you actually do feel judged. But a, a, a therapist is not going to judge you more right. often Shouldn't. than not if if you want you can consider like i do when i feel like i'm saying something that's crazy they've probably heard way way way, way worse way crazier probably things. from the bitch coming in right after me right so <laughs> like i take that sometimes <laughs> like i'm sure that of the list of things that this person has heard and their length of being a psychiatrist or a therapist psychologist whatever that me saying whatever about smoking weed Mm-hmm. is not going to be like, oh, you smoke the cannabis? Like, nobody, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I talked about about smoking weed with my doctor all the time, but she's never looked at it like a negative thing. I've never felt like judged by it. I say that it's a thing that I do. I talk about when I do it, when I would like to, etc. And um, we move on from there, but if you feel like you may be um, struggling due to, if you like some people get high and they just don't do anything. Like there are super stoners that are not active at all. Don't get anything done. And then there are some people who can be high as fuck and can be doing all the work in the world. Right. And it also depends on what you're smoking. Right. But 
Like, I would just go ahead and and talk to the lady about it and see if there is something to consider because it could be a fact that you don't even realize like you're not doing shit when you get high you're right. not getting anything done or you behave differently or although you differently. should bless it right <laughs> you should but um, why not I think that I'm pretty decent at finding the line between kickback high and uh, productive high mm-hmm. I don't know okay. that yeah. it requires wired crazy training i think i was pretty decent at because you got to work i got to pay my fucking bills you know what I'm right saying? so got to you have to figure out a way to do it if you want to be high or you know like if you want to do both yeah but. i will say if your therapist is judgmental about you using weed to cope then that means she's not the therapist for you yeah because people have all kinds of unhealthy coping mechanisms whether they know it or not and um, whether it has an actual negative effect on their lives or not. Like weed for you, you might be like, look, this is the safest, healthiest thing I can do to manage these emotions. Because otherwise, I'm about to go buck fucking wild on some heroin. What's up? And so for you, it's like, listen, I'm finna light this blunt and everybody's gonna chill out. But for other people, smoking weed might be like the last option or something like very drastic or crazy or like very severe for them. So I will say, um, I am very honest with my therapist about everything always have been because I felt like if I kept shit from her, that was shit I wasn't going to be able to fix. Yes. So even if it's hard to say it, like there's lots of times and probably throughout 70, 75% of our sessions, I don't actually look her in the face. Because I am so devastated about my life and the things that have led me to the place I'm at. So I'm very honest with her about how much weed I smoke and why I smoke it. I will tell her I took this weed. I smoked it. I took edibles, whatever, so that I could get out of the house. Because if I don't, even with my antidepressants or whatever else, I just don't leave the house. Or whatever else is going on. Like, if you're not honest with her, she can't help you. They can't help you. But. Um, if, if you say something about it, she's like, Oh, I don't know about weed. It's so bad. I'm going to call the police and send them to your house, which I don't think she can do, but you also are in America. So I don't know what can happen for you. Um, anybody who's going to be like mad at you for your coping mechanisms, mechanisms, whether they're healthy or not, I don't think is the therapist for you because a therapist is supposed to understand that people cope the way they know how. Mm-hmm. and guide you towards not doing that shit no more. Right. That's exactly Like, I used what I was to be a say. very heavy drinker, and I still do drink, but I used to drink to numb the incredible pain of my existence, and now I just drink when I'm out with my friends having fun or whatever else. And the whole time that I was, like, drinking to mask the pain, my therapist was... Every, every week I would be like, well, bitch, I know you wanted me to be better, but I'm not. Still the same drunken bitch that you knew before. Went home from our last session and guess what I did? Cracked open that tequila, girl. That's right. And every week she's like, okay, so what do we need to, what do we need to do to get your ass back on track? You know, that is what your therapist should be like. So if she doesn't respond to your weed 
or alcohol or Postmates or, you know, whatever else problem you may have with empathy, then this is not the therapist for you. And there's someone out there who can help you get through your issues without making you feel like you're a bad person for it. Because the fact of the matter is that almost all of us, I'm sure it's not literally everyone, but almost all of us is dealing with something that is beyond our capacity. Right. And so almost all of us are doing something to avoid it. Yep. Watching TV, yep. ordering cheeseburgers and pizza, drinking alcohol, smoking marijuana, doing any other number of drugs, taking a fucking nap and being like, I'm just not going to engage with the world, isolating from every goddamn body else. Like there are so many different ways to cope with your reality. So I I want to wish you good luck, Dee Dee. But if somebody is mad at you because you smoke weed, weed of all things, it's not even fucking crack. Then like, girl, I don't think it's a big deal at all. I think your therapist is supposed to be someone that you can just open up all of that stuff without feeling judged. That's literally what you're paying them for is to be. But this is England. So like, oh, they're right. not even it's all right. that universal health care shit that we don't know anything about. So it's kind of like you waited this long for a therapist and now it's like... Well, even if you're not paying them, there's it's literally their job to be there is. for you. It is. Um, and, and be an outlet for you to express whatever the fuck it is that's going on in my mind. Sometimes I say shit that I don't even know if it makes sense when I'm saying it to this lady and she helps me to unpack all of that stuff. So like, if you were sitting here saying, you know, like... I drag race to cope or something like incredibly <laughs> dangerous. Then I'd be like, yeah, don't be too shocked if this person shows some concern for that. Mm-hmm. But weed smoke and then weed smoking is like so fucking common at this point, too. It is. That a lot of people use weed to cope with whatever they're going through because first of all, it works depending on what you have. And secondly, of my unhealthy coping mechanisms. Weed is absolutely the healthiest. That's what I'm saying. By far. You do not want me drinking half a bottle of tequila at 11 a.m. at my house. You do not. Nobody wants that. If you're like... I lost my train of thought. Something about coping mechanisms? Basically. Okay. But I think what I was going to say was that, like, if you are smoking weed just to feel better... And that's kind of weed's sole existence in your life. Mm -hmm. That's different versus smoking weed to feel better, but you missing work or you're late to class or you haven't spoken to your lover, your mother, your brother, whoever in ages, or you don't bathe. You know what I'm saying? Like if you are just focused on getting high mm-hmm. to feel better and it is preventing you from living your life as a productive human being or adult right. or whatever because I don't want to I don't know how old this person is then that is what is more concerned than the actual act of smoking weed mm-hmm. itself I feel like most doctors would feel the same way yeah and on top of that if that is the case lay that you lay that out for her that's her job you know what I'm saying again exactly is to be like look I'm getting high as fuck and I just lay there stoned. I don't do shit else. And I feel like I'm not sure if I need to stop smoking in order to get better or if I need to, you know, change the way that I do it, the frequency in which I do it or whatever. But this lady or guy or whoever it is that you're seeing shouldn't be like, (gasps) 
you smoke the weed? Oh, I, I can't see you. And I just, I feel right. so conflicted. Like, I feel like my therapist does not even blink when I mention weed. Mine neither. Like, She's like, girl, there's so much worse shit you could be on. And she doesn't, <laughs> I mean, I, weed is the thing that you cannot assume. Especially yeah. when you go to places that it's like legal or recreational or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you go to those dispensaries. When we was just in LA yeah. a couple of weeks ago, it was crazy that all the different people that I saw in those different dispensaries yeah. and stuff. People who on average are just walking down the street I would have never expected to be smoking weed. And I mean, they're coming in like 70-year-old mm-hmm. black grandma coming in there, bitch, yep. dapping everybody that worked there. They know her by <laughs> name. Like, mama gets high. Anyway, so, you know, even not because like I I don't see my therapist as someone who smokes weed, but I'm just it's like the same thing as you. When I mentioned to her, it was like almost as if she understood that a New Yorker, right? Would You're smoking probably weed. Probably you're smoking weed. Needs some weed. <laughs> Just to deal with the city, much less whatever else bullshit you got going on. Um, But I will say for me, weed has become more of a tool for anxiety than an escape from my reality, which is important. Yeah, Um, I just like it. But yeah, I don't need it anymore. I like it, but I do not need it, which is an important distinction. And um, ultimately, you should be able to talk to your therapist about whatever you have going on without feeling like something is wrong with you. So... Good luck with that whole conversation. Again, if they don't understand, then, or if they feel, if any of their reaction feels judgmental, then feel free to find somebody else. Yeah. Because ain't nobody got time for that girl. It's just weed. Especially and like I'm cooking some weed. shit up. Right. right. Okay. All right. I'm going to end things here since we spent so long with Daniel Kaluuya, the God. Yes. <laughs> Send your questions to ask the reader, Jim. Bitch, do I eat? Can it was I? the tiniest love. Can it's I fine. even talk? Let's just go. Ask the read at gmail.com. We'll be back. Hey, y'all. So, listen, we just got done talking about mental health and how important it is to have uh, someone who can help you navigate through all of that. It's just as important as your physical health, but you also want your therapy sessions to be convenient and not breaking your wallet in twos and threes and fours. <laughs> yes. This is why we have Talkspace. It is an online talk therapy platform that you can use 24-7. It matches you with one of their 5,000-plus licensed therapists based on your preferences because they know the therapy is not one size fit all. Thank you, mm-hmm. Talkspace. Yes. There are therapists that are trained for every kind of need, including depression, anxiety, LGBTQ-specific issues, and all kinds of things like that. So you can make your account right from your phone or on your computer, and a matching agent will help you identify your therapy needs. Both messaging and video-based plans are available depending on the level of support you want, and you get to choose a plan that fits your budget as well. It's just convenient. It is. And y'all know how I feel about Talkspace, being able to hit up your therapist as much as you want just texting essays upon essays and then having her log in on monday and be like whoo girl where do we get started it was incredible for me it did so much and uh, i feel very strongly about the importance of therapy and if talk space is what gets you into it then that's what needs to happen you can join over 1 million people who already feel happier at Talkspace.com and use promo code READ for $100 off your first month. Oh, shit. You'll get 24-7 access from your phone or your computer to a licensed therapist who fits your needs. So again, Talkspace.com, promo code READ for $100 off your first month. Let them know if you're in Crystal sent you. Let's move on. 
You know what I really love? Socks. I do know that. I am so a sock person. You are. And one of the greatest brands out here doing it right now is Stance. Stance socks designs are incredible. It's very, very comfortable, these socks, and their durability is unmatched. In fact, a recent abrasion test showed that Stance's basic casual sock was more than three times more durable than their competitors. They've got all kinds of different styles, no shows, if you're into that... I only want to give you some ankle, you know, cruise <laughs> a long one. I told you I have them like over the knee Rihanna socks. Yes, God, you did tell me that. Yes, they actually collaborate with a lot of different brands mm-hmm. and cultural icons. They've got the Rihanna, Marvel, Billie Eilish, Kid Cudi, Toy Story even, mm-hmm. all kinds of different things. So definitely check them out if you're like a sock person. I want to give a cute holiday gift maybe. Yes, I got the Basquiat socks because I felt like, you know, everybody else had them or knew who he was before I did. So I was mm-hmm. a bit jealous and they're actually super cute I love them so much and more importantly they are so comfortable these yeah, socks really, feel really comfortable. so good it do not make no sense you won't want to put anything else on your feet ever again there's a reason why Stan's changed the sock game forever so try them out for yourself you can get a free pair of socks for your purchase at stance.com slash read again that's stance s-t-a-n-c-e dot com slash r-e-a-d because if they're not stance girl they just socks Ew. Let's get back to the show. So we're back and it is now time for the read. I have two things to say. Can't Hopefully wait. it won't take too long. Okay. So this first one's not really a read. I just wanted to insert my opinion. Okay. Um, Lakeith Stanfield had a post on his Instagram page where he was calling out these different like black blogs and radio shows and all kinds of different media uh, places. And he wrote, um, it's a fact that a lot of these platforms are usually or tend to be feeding grounds for negative reinforcement towards black nonconformists. They bolster faux vanity and hold. Yeah, I said that too. Oh, they bolster faux vanity and hold a white supremacist scope over black men and women, often highlighting negative attributes and downplaying mind expanding ones. They serve as bottomless coward consumption pits and digital audio or otherwise slave mentality museums. Um, of sure. these groups, he was talking about the Shade Room, the Breakfast Club, World Star Hip Hop, like you know, known nigga trash places, mm-hmm. nigga trash. Um, so he sees them as operating uh, under the white supremacist scope, and he Gross. believes that they are feeding grounds for negative reinforcement towards black nonconformists. Of course, Charlemagne had to make this nigga donkey of the day on that show that they do. Um, Here's some of what he had to say. You can say any and everything about me. I've never heard it all. I've damn near heard it all. I'm sorry about myself online. But what you won't do is ever fix your lips to call one of my platforms, especially the breakfast club, anti-black. I strive every day to be the perfect balance of ratchetness and righteousness. There isn't another show out there that goes from Byron Allen to black youngster. Sorry. Like it's not, no, it's fine. You tell me a show where the list goes from honorable Louis Farrakhan to 21 Savage. We've made plenty of mistakes on this radio show, plenty of things I've looked back on and said, 
yeah, we should have played that a certain way. And all that critique is fine. But Lakeith, don't you ever fix your raggedy ass mouth to call the author of Black Privilege anti-Black. So then homegirl, <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield went back on Instagram and posted some other thing oh, where he like basically doubled down on what he initially said with more focus on Charlamagne. And he also posted a like a, I don't know, is it a single cover, album cover, How or whatever. How do you find all this? <laughs> but it was like, oh, he made shit. Charlemagne's face and turned, he's like, Sambo. Oh, I know he was so annoyed. Oh, that's fucked up. So, again, this is how I feel, right? On one hand, let's, let's start on the Charlemagne end of things. Okay. Oh, water is so good. It all is. Right. It's so clutch. You want some wine? No? Okay. I'm cool. All right. Um, you know that show is trash. Like you know, <laughs> you know. Like, you know, like, to say that. <laughs> like y'all have fully participated. You just had Flay Monroe on the damn show after saying this, talking Ooh. about some y'all can call me whatever you want to. And mind please, you, please, please, I don't. Hold I the conversation. I didn't watch the interview because I don't feel me like being either. Cause girl, angry, what are you doing? annoyed, <laughs> anything like that. I don't want to hear anything about anybody gay, trans, queer, li- anything. I don't hear about nobody over there being None interviewed because more often than not, something is said or implied or mm-hmm. encouraged. Yes. That is just some bullshit. Mama... Don't come on this motherfucking radio show talking about uh, the trans community be doing too much or whatever the fuck. I heard what was said. Girl, was I don't have time for that. Mama doesn't care what you call her or him or whatever. And that the trans... Bitch, you know that there is already pushback when, in terms of anything. Like, there is an intentional refusal to listen to, accept, digest anything that the that comes out of the trans community specifically with black trans women and the, the rate at which they die bitch you need to be emphasizing that I'm talking about as an individual me okay and I don't know if that was done again because I didn't watch it but I'm only bringing it up I was not going to talk about it I'm only bringing it up as an example of the breakfast club like it's just been time after time after time after time at the time that something has been done or said on that show that was just some complete and utter black foolishness okay and then you know some of it is not intentional some of it is not even from the three of them in there but it's definitely encouraged and okay there are also moments where you've straight out just do stuff that's fucked up in terms of being black you know but (laughs) right i feel like while it's important to acknowledge that um on the flip side of things i feel like Lakeith Stanfield is going about this in like some real extra unnecessarily poetic common verse ass shit that we don't need to talk about or hear to be honest with you because we know that these motherfucking places are trash we know that they be pulling up a whole bunch of gossipy stuff they absolutely I've talked on the show before about how some of these blogs and some of these radio shows and whatever only discuss certain topics or bring certain people in because Mm -hmm. they know that even if it is not them specifically but they know their audience will engage with it purely based on intolerance. Like people will pick certain stories and they will harp on those stories and repost it and do it over and do it over. That's like when the Jesse Smollett shit came out, 
We was hearing about, you know, what Jesse Smollett's favorite pancake was. That nigga's like the last pair of shoes the nigga bought, where he went for his seventh birthday. Like, they were talking to us about every fucking thing imaginable about this. Because right. at the end of the day, it gave people another opportunity to say how trash gays are, black gays, <sighs> and how we never believed that fag in the first place and how the alphabet people and blank, 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 oh, blank, blank, girl, blank. So it's like, yet. but... It's not like a... I can see how you calling these things anti-black could be debatable. I just think that it it's is. extra. Because to me, it's more about the fact that people enjoy trash. Oh, absolutely. People find trash entertaining. Absolutely. People look at things on the shade room or wherever the fuck else as a way to be like, man, I thought my life was bad, but at least I ain't came to shell or whatever. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And all the time. So I don't think that it's fair to just be like, oh, well, all of this stuff is anti-black because they be on there getting with white people sometimes on these pla these places. True. And white people have plenty of the exact same shit. I don't hear nobody call TMZ and none of these like Us Weekly anti-white because they white people know <laughs> that that doesn't represent me as an individual. I don't look at Us Weekly and hear you dragging, I don't know, the Angelina Jolie's black kids or Asian baby. Or, she I don't, only has one black kid. Zahira, Zahara. I think it's Zahara. Whatever. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. I do. I do. Like, I do. I just don't. I feel like it It makes sense uh, to a degree. You know, like I said, I can understand you saying it's anti-black. I can understand it being debatable, I mean. But I just feel like that, at the end of the day, this just turns into you taking another nigga's face and putting some big old red lips on it to promote a song and him talking about your lips and calling you the donkey of the day and all this other shit and white people still not giving a fucking laugh. Mm, that's real. <sighs> yep. People just like trash. Like nobody, you know how many white bitches watch um, The Real Housewives of Orange Whatever County the fuck? and Vanderpump Beverly Rules Hills, and all these all motherfuckers shit. just fucking in freezers yeah, people whoever love trash. the fuck, whatever. People are entertained by that stuff. And it doesn't always break down to, I think that there are definitely uh, things that can be done in all of these places, to have a healthier approach to everything, mm -hmm. I I think that there are some things. For instance, I don't like when the shade room does who wore it better, I mean, and they weren't even the not even the first, second, third, eighteenth person to right. do that, right? But I've just never cared for it, and it and being that the shade room is a huge platform, and they usually put two black women next to each other. Yeah, it Beyonce and Blue it, Ivy. <laughs> Who wore a better bitch? I just slap you. I've seen more people now be like, they both look good. Like I'm like, like at this point, us. I've seen more people be like, they they both look fine. Like I'm tired of this. This is the but it used to be a thing where they would pit people together yeah, and all of this stuff and whose body looked better in this and she don't have no ass so it bit looks better on those jeans and that. I don't think it's intentionally anti-black, but I feel like it does put black people in a position to roll around a, a bunch of unnecessary stereotypes and colorism. All of these things come out of bullshit that could be approached differently all around. But I just feel like both of these niggas were kind of blowing their own loads. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> In a way, if you kind of get my drift and um, the whole thing is fucking unnecessary. It is. Like for every goddamn moonlight, somebody wants a Mimi Faust. <sighs> 
know? And the problem is... For every is, Black Panther, the girls want Tokyo Tony. And you know, everybody might not be Black Panther, but God damn it, we ain't got to be Tokyo Tony neither. Right. God damn it, there are standards around this bitch. And although I don't think The Breakfast Club is anti-Black, I do think you niggas are almost anti-everything else. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, definitely. Care. I feel like... like I feel like the individual three people who run the Breakfast Club have been educated multiple times about the things that they continue to fuck up on and they continue to do it. Well, you got to study, too. And that's where a lot of people well, fuck up. At. Come on. Beyonce said practice. Listen to the teacher. Practice. You got to like that's why you have books. you must rehearse. That's why you have homework. <laughs> you bitches don't want to look sweaty. You don't want to look dusty. But you, you need to rehearse. You cannot be Beyonce if you're not rehearsing first, and you hoes are simply not rehearsing. So, um, but yeah, as as it is for this entire thing, yeah, I don't, I don't mean there are people who probably have listened to this show before and consider it to be anti-black because something that we have said or offensive in some other reason and don't you know fuck with us because of that. And so that I say, cool, like you are fully good for y'all away yeah. allowed to do that. It doesn't bother me in one. Where are the next? I don't believe myself to be anti-black, but I can't govern how anybody else is going to see me based on things. I could have said something on this show two weeks ago and don't feel that way no more. You know, right. so... Exactly. This just... Fuck it. Again, felt like... Like, it just felt like niggas were just <laughs> measuring cocks. And yes, I'm super... Cocks! Good. Come on, white porn word. Um, And then the only other thing I wanted to say was Pokemon team yell like can we just bring back team rocket i don't know why y'all feel like you have to have a new gang of weirdos that you know get in the way of the pokemon trainer every time y'all have a game the last one i played was maybe x which was a couple of years ago and before that i was definitely in high school when i was playing pokemon so i haven't stuck around with a lot of them but i have seen a lot of these new teams and things of that nature over the years and now they're just like on a on one hand i kind of want to like them because they almost represent stan culture i don't know if that's intentional or not but they're like stands (laughs) that run around and fuck with people and like oh no Take I people's wonder. stuff or whatever. They're literally like the barbs. They fist pump <laughs> when they're battling their Pokemon. It's just ridiculous. But Team Yell, like, nigga, just bring Team Rocket back. Why can't we just have Jesse and James? And my nigga, like, are you just really running out of Pokemon ideas? Because I swear I saw a Pokemon today that was just an apple. Yeah, we're, we're having a Pokemon smoke. Let's make that nigga a real thing. There's one that's like a, a bag of garbage. I saw a cake. Where is the blunt? We need a blunt. I oh, saw a Pokemon there is a nigga a named tea. Smoke. <laughs> oh no, that's Weezing. Sorry. Weezing has probably He a is Smoke. smoke yes. He looks like Smoke, right? That's it. The new Pokemon, I'm enjoying it. Um I created Pokemon uh, I created Beyoncé as my Pokemon trainer as always. Mm-hmm. Um and she's on her way to being the best. Um, as she is in her life, and I named her starter Pokemon Sasha. Love it. And um, yeah, I'm feeling great about uh pretty much the rest of that. But I just think that it would be great if you're gonna do another one of these, which you will likely do 300 more of these, right? Um, to just bring on, bring back the classics. Let's get back. Let's get mm-hmm. back to the classics. Bring back the rocket, Jesse James, Meow. That's right. Amen. Wobbuffet. Next. 
Are you talking to me? Yeah. You done? Okay. Well, I'm not going to have a real read this week. I'm just going to go because this is already so long. But I'm going to talk about what y'all's favorite white demon Taylor Swift did. What? Which, on November 14th, I don't know if you heard about this. It was just five days ago by the time y'all hear this. Taylor Swift posted on Twitter in an iOS press release that was smartly cropped out so that we did not see the timestamps. She wrote, guys... It's been announced recently that the American Music Awards will be honoring me with Artists of the Decade at this year's ceremony. I've been planning to perform a medley of my hits throughout the decade on the show. Scott Borchetta and Scooter Braun have now said that I'm not allowed to perform any of my old songs on television because they claim that I would be re-recording my music before I'm allowed to next year. Additionally, Netflix has created a documentary about my life. Scott and Scooter have declined the use of my older music or performance footage for the project, even though there is no mention of either of them or Big Machine Records anywhere in the film. Scott Borchetta told my team that they'll allow me to use my <laughs> they'll allow me to use my music only if I do these things. Agree to not re-record copycat versions of my songs next year which is something I'm legally allowed to do and looking forward to and also told my team that I need to stop talking about him and Scooter Braun (laughs) (laughs) I bet that was the more important part that was me and not Taylor girl shut up white woman quote I feel very strongly that sharing what is happening to me could change the awareness level for other artists and potentially help them avoid a similar fate. The message being sent to me is very clear. Be a good little girl and shut up or you'll be punished. I definitely said shut up. This is wrong. Neither of these men had a hand in the writing of these songs. They did nothing to create the relationship I have with my fans. So (laughs) this is where I'm asking for your help. Hashtag Taylor Army, which she didn't say I said. Please let Scott Borchetta and Scooter Braun know how you feel about this. The name Scott Borchetta makes me hungry. Honestly, how is it not Borchetta? And why don't we have any? Scooter also manages several artists who I really believe care about other artists and their work. So please ask him for help with this. I'm hoping that maybe they can talk some sense into the men who are exercising tyrannical control over someone who just wants to play the music she wrote. I'm especially asking for help from the Carlisle group who put up money for the sale of my music to these two men. Again, Taylor, you could have bought it yourself. But anyway, sister, and back to the quote, white woman. Quote, I just want to be able to perform my own music. That's it. I've tried to work out. I've tried to work this out privately through my team, but have not been able to resolve anything. Right now, my performance at the AMAs, the Netflix doc, and any other recorded events I'm in pl- I am planning to play until November of 2020 or a question mark. I love you guys. Boo! And I thought you should know what's been going on. Taylor. Taylor posted this on Instagram for her 85 million followers. Get her off! Difficult for me to believe Taylor Swift has that many followers. The big problem here. So when I read this, I thought, sad story, sis, but I can't even name how many black celebrities have been beefing with their labels and still performed on any other random 
like show tv show award show or whatever else i was gonna let it go but the american music awards issued a statement that said big machine label group and dick clark productions announced that they have come to terms on a licensing agreement that approves their artists performances to stream post show and for rebroadcast on mutually approved platforms Mm -hmm. this includes the ama performances here's the important part friend listen it should be noted that recording artists do not leave, do not need label approval for live performances on television or any other live media. Record label approval is only needed for contracted artists' audio and visual okay. recordings and in determining how those works are distributed. Which means... Party. Taylor. 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 I'm already trying to let you live. I'm already trying to do that despite my best inclinations mm. you got that nigga who wear color contacts on your team i let that go <laughs> you done did all i was like who <laughs> i don't know how you said who they didn't you done did all manners of stupid shit i haven't really let it go but i'm not talking about it no more and i think that's what matters however girl i have a feeling deep down in my shundo that your white ass knew from the very beginning that you were perfectly allowed to sing covers of your songs or whatever else at the AMAs. And you just brought this up to reinvigorate the fervor around you not having your masters. Mm -hmm. And again, like I said about two minutes ago, I would like to point out that you had the opportunity (laughs) to spend the coins on this shit and said, nah, my shit too expensive. And then when white men you don't like bought it, all of a sudden you had a problem with it. Bitch, guess what? We all go through hardships, Taylor. I had to spend $90,000 on taxes over the past couple of months. You know what I did? Didn't go on Instagram asking my followers to tag the IRS and be like, Crystal don't deserve to have to pay them fucking taxes. I pay my goddamn taxes. And you know what, sis? You have to cut back a little bit. Maybe a few less evening gowns that Aretha Franklin would think were cute. Maybe a little less hair and makeup for that month. Maybe, you know, not unlimited jacuzzi time. Maybe the jacuzzi's <laughs> only on from two to seven. Who knows? But if you run into a situation where you're tight on money, what the rest of us do is just cut back until we're not tight on money no more. This wasn't even your issue. You were always allowed to take your... She has no idea what you're talking about. I mean, but... Okay, she might not know the black part. And honestly, the black people around her might not know the black part. But Taylor was always allowed to take her mantis-looking ass on stage and sing them fucking songs. That's the point. She was already allowed to do that. That's why the AMA said, it should be noted Artists don't need label approval for live performances, meaning you could have done this without involving everybody else. That's why you brought the Netflix shit into it. And that's why you said they names over and over. And that's why you managed managed. That's why you mentioned the niggas that Scooter or Scott or Sean or whatever their names are. That's why you mentioned other people that they manage, because what you want is a bunch of people chatting about how unfair it is that taylor swift Mm -hmm. is going through this and oh my god girl rights girl power even elizabeth warren was like this is wrong and i'm like girl elizabeth not this one sister sister and lizzie we don't not this girl let her handle her white woman bullshit on her own because like i said taylor could have bought her own fucking masters chose to not if she don't have the money i truly don't want to hear that because why don't you taylor swift 
still could have performed her songs on the AMAs. So this whole outreach program was unnecessary. And third, Taylor Swift is a fucking ass boil. I feel like I've said ass boil already today about somebody else. But she is also. (laughs) Did I not? I didn't. I I hear you say that. (laughs) Well, an ass boil she is. Oh, a hemorrhoid is what I said, which Mm. is about the same thing. Sure. Not really, but. but you know, no, Taylor Swift is a fucking ass munch. And so if she's mad or upset or whatever else, because white men won't let her perform her music, you can't ask me to feel sorry for her. I'm sure on a white woman level, this is very sad. But over here in black girl Landia, we have real problems. I don't give a fuck about what Taylor Swift is going through. Yeah. So fuck you very much, sis. Oh, you don't have your masters. Oh, Scooter Braun won't let you perform your music. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Girl, I literally don't care. Either take your ass on stage and accept a word that you don't deserve. Artist of the decade, bitch, please. I'm trying to think. Is that since 2010? Uh, yeah. I feel like Michael Jackson should still be Artist of the Decade. I'm still mad over you winning Artist of the Millennium. So I just feel like you don't deserve shit else. You got that one award over Michael Jackson. You don't deserve another goddamn thing. So please take your ass back to rural Pennsylvania where you came from. Buy you a nice little farmhouse, ranch house, whatever the fuck else. Get you some cows, chicken, sheep or whatever and live your goddamn life, sis. What you need to stop doing is acting like the rest of us are supposed to empathize with a spoiled, entitled white woman who has never not gotten what she wanted. Again, you had the chance to own your masters. If I didn't already co-own every episode of The Read with Kid Fury, let somebody offer to sell that shit to me. It's my shit, bitch. Of course, I'm going to buy it back. So I don't understand how you're acting like this about it. But a white woman's first inclination is always to cry about something and pray somebody comes to her rescue. And I guess that's what happened here. So good luck, Taylor, at the AMAs. I won't be watching, but, you know, best of luck to you and the Swifties, I I guess. That wraps up this week's episode of The Read. Check us out on social media. Our handle is at This Is The Read. Our website is thisistheread.com. Friend, any new... Oh, wait. The Late Night Show. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say thank you to whoever was on the show last week, but nobody was on the show last week. No, I don't believe we had a guest. So thank you to everybody who watched last week. Unsolved Heterosexual Mysteries was a personal favorite. That was very fun. And hope you guys continue to tune in. Friend, any news for you this week? Um, I do not have any news this week, but... um. Just, uh, I guess, to get you guys uh, on the notice early or earlier than I probably would have, I'm going to be doing another toy drive this year Yay! for the holidays. So gear up for that. I will provide uh, information on it when all of that stuff is ready. I'm going to try and do something fun, maybe make it like a little function where we can drink and line dance. I don't know, whatever the fuck. But Yeah. Look out for that because I would definitely love anyone who is available or interested in donating um, toys to some kids that want a great Christmas. Then come in and help us out because Christmas is like top two five weeks days. away. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was going to say like for for kids, Christmas is like top two days out of the year, and it's not number two. 
It is. Unless maybe your birthday is one. I used to literally wake up at like 1 a.m. and be like, it's time to go see what I have received. And the cooking like you get dinner like you do. like a just you get dinner and your toys and your cousins over the top dinner <laughs> and you get toys and your cousins come over it's like really one of the best days when you're a kid and slowly as you get older and you realize you got bills and right. people start realizing buying a gift Fuck is that. not as fun your old ass anymore. don't need nothing they start buying what gifts you for your need? kids right <laughs> like before it was so easy just go into the fucking Toys R Us figure out one of the, which one of them cartoons or whatever this nigga like and buy that or whatever is the new hot Christmas shit right. when you get older so that said I would love to be able to give some kids who may not have the opportunity to be like oh a crazy big toy or whatever right I would love for them to have a an equally bright Christmas. That's so. beautiful. So how can people donate or to the toy drive or We're gonna have like an actual um like pop up event where you can come and just bring an unwrapped toy and I'll give you guys all the details um when we're prepared for that. And even people who aren't in the area but would like to donate toys, we'll give you the information on how to do that too. So just look out for it. All right. Anything else for That's you before for we get out of here? Okay. Well, should we take next week off or should we give the people a Thanksgiving episode? <laughs> I was about to say, we won't be back next week, hoes. The TV show will not be on next week. Yeah, the TV show is taking a break. But I think next week. we'll still be here. Yeah, I'll probably be here. But keep an eye on your podcast app. So something, because something fun is coming uh, later this week on Friday or so. Why don't we say, we might take the fucking Thanksgiving off and you will know as soon as if possible. you don't get an episode <laughs> or that <laughs> you will know when you refresh your shit next Tuesday and ain't nothing there like oh girl we're not coming but <laughs> all right thank you guys so much for listening and supporting we'll see y'all maybe in a couple bye, weeks guys. bye For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Not everything in life is flexible, but at Capella University, your education can be. With our game-changing FlexPath learning format, you're empowered to fit education into your life without putting other priorities on hold. FlexPath lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them when needed. You can take courses at your own speed and move on to the next one when you're ready. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.